Hello, hello. Welcome to a special edition Wednesday, I guess. Uh, and also it's a special Wednesday because, well, the name is different. All kinds of good stuff is happening today. Have some news items to discuss because some cool stuff was found right before the stream, you know. Nick, Dan, Dark, how are you guys? Welcome to the show. Can we still chat? What? Yeah, uh, yes. Yes, we can. So the live stream format, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit. But, yeah. Um, I don't know if you know this, Dan, but uh, even when I was streaming as the real Darth guy, which I'm t still the real Darth guy, I'll explain all that later. Even when I was doing the real Darth guy, it was just chatting and it was kind of news-oriented and talking about miscellaneous things. So the overall feel of the show itself won't change. It'll still be chat-driven. It'll be couple news things mixed in there because, you know, things that I like to uh, talk about and things that happen during the day and all that stuff. So it's uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a little bit of a, a different push just because I want YouTube to kind of take off a little bit more, you know. Greg, yeah, you can uh, you can ask me a question if you would like to. Of course. So, yeah, Dan, of course, we can still chat and all that stuff. Just like normal. Pete, you're going to like this one. I got pizza for the stream. Wow, Nick, you went all out. You got pizza and everything. Uh, send some my way, thanks. You know what? I did it again. I I didn't eat before the stream. I always do that. I don't know why. And then I'll get hungry right around, what, 9, 10 o'clock, something like that is when my stomach starts to freak out on me. But, yeah, you know. So I have two versions of chat go up right now. I have the one built into OBS 27.1 because it has YouTube integration now, which is really cool. And then I also have the YouTube studio one up over here and I'm noticing there's like, it's inconsistent which one's ahead, which is kind of funny. Sometimes the OBS one's ahead. Sometimes the YouTube studio one is ahead. It's very, very odd how, how that's working, but whatever. Anyway, you know, I decided to sign up for Adobe programs like like a pro. Nice, Dan. Um, they do get a little pricey after a while. I've been paying the monthly fee for months now. I don't I, probably years now. Honestly, it's just if you get the educational pricing though. Hopefully, you did. Um, then it's a little bit cheaper, so you can get basically permanent education pricing. Because I signed up for it way back when, and my mother-in-law is actually a teacher at a university around here. Well, I guess that's a professor, right? So she signed up for me and then I got the educational pricing and they've never really done anything. They did raise the price just recently though. It used to be 20 bucks. Now it's 30 bucks. So that kind of sucks, but hey, it's worth it because the Adobe apps are pretty awesome. I've been using them for years, so I'm just really comfortable in there. So I stick with them, you know? It's a $5 pizza from Little Caesars. Not the greatest pizza ever, but I can't complain about the price. That's true, Nick. You know, Little Caesars when I was a kid was like the pizza to get. It was the pizza. Like, that's all we ever got. But they didn't have the hot and ready $5 pizza stuff. So it was. it's like a different level. So if you go to Little Caesars and it's like just the little kiosk place with the hot and ready, those pizzas are okay and everything. But if you actually order pizza from them and have it made fresh, they do a little bit different. Uh, they... It's like they put more Parmesan on the bottom of the crust and everything like that. It just tastes a little bit better. So, you know, if uh, if you ever get the chance and you want to spend a little bit more, but you still, for some reason, want Little Caesars instead of like a local pizzeria or something like that, then 
I would say order it, pay a little extra. I think they're only like eight bucks. They're not like something absolutely crazy or anything like that, you know? So I did get the education price. Awesome. That is awesome. Because... I mean, I, I did the whole collection. So did you do like the designer one, the video producer? Well, you probably didn't do video producer one, but if you get the master collection as it used to be called, which is, I think it's just, I don't know if it's still called the same thing. I can't remember, but it's all of the apps, ev absolutely everything. It's normally, I think $50 and you get it for $30 for the e ED pricing. So that's pretty nice. Greg, I'm a Michelin chef. Quit my job and currently working on a cookbook with recipes involving the bodily fluids. Okay. How can I use live streaming to promote my book when it's out? So an interesting thing, Greg, I actually, I actually, I would consider doing like you, well, maybe not YouTube shorts, but TikTok. So chef stuff uh, really is successful on TikTok. I don't know if you've, you're on TikTok very much, but there's a lot of just cooking channels on there there's one specific one where he grills a lot and i actually found him through tim the Tatman, which is he's also a youtube streamer if you don't know who he is but um tiktok might be a good format now if you're going to do more long long form stuff then obviously youtube and youtube shorts so i the hard part there is that you kind of have to get into like a little niche through social in a way and i really do think that tiktok if you're starting out like right at the beginning i do think that it's a the best place Here's the problem with TikTok though, like we've talked about this before on stream where most people that actually browse TikTok, they don't convert over to other platforms. So the problem that you're going to run into is the fact that like the you, you may get a ton of followers and a ton of people watching your videos on TikTok, but and then all of a sudden you're like, well, why is my YouTube channel or why is my Twitch stream not really taking off? And it's just because the format of, of TikTok doesn't really yield itself to, oh, I'm going to go into this guy's profile, find the link, go to his YouTube channel, go to his Twitch stream and, you know, subscribe over there. So it's kind of interesting, you know. Uh, but I do not want to give out my recipes, recipes since they are unique to me. Um, yeah, that the unique thing there then is you could do a TikTok video, but you'd have to cut it a lot because obviously it's only 60 seconds worth of content on there. So... I guess a cooking stream where you don't give where you don't give the recipes, you would have to be the host a lot more. So you would just talk about what's going on with the item, I guess. And you wouldn't show the recipes. Like a lot of the food TikToks I see, obviously they show what they're actually putting in a dish, what they're mixing up together, stuff like that. So I think you would be more of the the hosted where you're not necessarily saying this is how you make X, Y, and Z. You would just be like, hey, check this out. Does that make sense? I would probably go TikTok, though. Um, I I personally, I'm kind of with Dan here where he says he doesn't like TikTok. I don't enjoy TikTok a lot. Um, there's there's two different sides of me. So there's the content creator side, which which I do not like TikTok on the content creation side of me. And the reason that I don't like TikTok on the content creation side of me is because I feel like TikTok, for the most part, from what I see and get recommended on the For You page, is kind of low effort content creation where it's like, okay, I'll point a camera at me and then do a dance or I'll point a camera at me and just like have a song playing where it just happens to like I put a question above my head and then at the next beat of the song, I put the answer at the bottom. Or there's a lot of those people doing that little dance thing where they throw their hands up and the answer's above their head. 
that the content creation side of me hates that stuff. Now, the viewer side of me is different. The viewer side of me gets addicted just like everyone else does to these dang TikTok channels and, and the For You page. And it's just a constant stream of ADD greatness, right? So that's another problem that I'm noticing in the world of content creation, like YouTube's YouTube wants you to create longer format videos so that you have bigger chances for ads in those videos. But the attention span of the viewer is going way, way, way down just because of things like TikTok, YouTube shorts, just the way that we consume content now is quicker, faster, shorter, you know? I, I hope that's all making sense, you know? <laughs> Dan, do you like barbecue? Do you also like barbecue, Darth? Yes, I do. Um, Barbecue is one of those things where in Ohio, we have one specific place that I go to all the time. It's just up the road from here, which is great because, you know, every time, every time I go and eat barbecue, I always overeat because I'm like, oh, I'll get the full rack of ribs and then I'll take half of it home for lunch tomorrow or dinner tomorrow or something like that, right? No, I always end up eating the whole thing and then coming home and I'm like, oh, I just want to lay down. I'm so full. You know that feeling where you eat too much and like... You can't move almost. You're, it's like painful to move. You're like, I just want to lay down and do nothing, right? So, okay. I am I am also trying to figure out a way to do TikToks. Actually, I want to do three different things. I want to do TikTok, YouTube Shorts, and Instagram Reels all in like one shot. But I don't want to do them in the way where a lot of people are uploading them to TikTok and then they export it to YouTube and wherever. And it has like the, the TikTok stuff like imprinted on, or imprinted, no, just on the screen so you know it's a TikTok video. I don't want to do that. I want it to be separate like efforts here and there and kind of do like A-B testing. Um, specifically, I want to be able to post like uh, trackable links. So bit.ly links inside the descriptions that bring people over to my YouTube channel. And I want to be able to actually see the conversion rate from each of the different sources in a real way so that I can, you know, I can report back to you guys on how shorts, reels, and TikToks, that's funny that TikToks just kind of have, they're just TikToks, right? How those either don't impact or, or don't convert or do. And I'm, I'm hoping that I would pleasantly be surprised by the fact that they actually do convert on one of the many platforms but I'm not totally sure. Um, we'll see. Because again, I just, I don't feel like TikTok has that mindset of the people watching where they're like, oh, this person also does something else on the internet, whether it be follow, like you're trying to get people to your Instagram or you're trying to get people to your YouTube or Twitch, wherever you're trying to pull them from TikTok from. I just don't think there's a culture of, oh yeah, let's also go follow this person elsewhere. It's just like, I'll follow them here. And that's about it, you know? Nick, I don't know if you have this in Ohio, but here in California, we really like tri-tip, which is amazing. Not sure about other places since I went to Texas once and there was no tri-tip anywhere. I've had tri-tip, yes, but I don't think it's like a mainstay here. Mostly here, it's like good old New York strip steaks. Obviously, fillets are in there if you want to pay extra for... I mean, it's good, but it's not the amount of money extra good that they charge for it. But uh, it's that kind of stuff. And then ribs. Ribs are huge around here. We do. I'm sure they do rib festivals and things like that in other places as well. But here, rib festivals are very, very, very popular, you know? So, which I love because then you get like 
a bunch of different barbecue sauces and they're all homemade. I love that stuff. I love it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling though on TikTok. Nick, you have a pretty successful TikTok, right? I'm struggling right now with what I want to do in TikTok, honestly, you know? The thing about TikTok for me is the way the what's recommended on my for you page just doesn't feel like it's anything relevant to what I would be creating, you know? And when I try to go into the actual search of TikTok and like let's say search for streaming or streaming tips or streaming advice or whatever, every single creator out there is doing the exact same. They're like rinsing and and repeating absolutely all the same five tips that i wish i knew before i started streaming or you know if you're doing this you're doing it wrong. like just all these exactly the same pieces of content that we've seen a thousand times so i don't think it's valuable for me to just throw my hat into there and be like hey hopefully you guys care about my voice over their voice saying the same thing it's just not my style you know oh greg your feedback will mean a lot to me. I'm dying for feedback. No one around me makes videos, so I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, Greg, when you do get everything all set up, or if you have things set up right now, I don't know if you check out on my channel, I do channel reviews, and it doesn't have to just be YouTube or Twitch or anything like that. So if you're looking for just profile and channel reviews and things like that, go ahead and message me on any social platform, Twitter, here, YouTube, comment, whatever. And then, yeah, I can put you on the queue to do one of my channel reviews if you want to see my most recent one was a facebook gaming creator uh tina x gaming and you can kind of see the format of what i do and sometimes i'll do them live sometimes i'll do them pre-recorded it kind of depends on our interaction if you say hey i would rather you do it live so i can ask you questions while you're reviewing my channel then we can do it that way so just uh message me and we can set it up no problem at all Greg. nick i've made one tiktok that has gone viral 150,000 views and 22,000 likes that's pretty good though I mean my most successful YouTube video right now is at like 36,000 views or something like that which is a way old video like way back when I first started doing actual content other than like just recording games and things and it was putting new graphics on a Street Fighter fight stick and it was I I pre-ordered the stick, got it in real early, got all the graphics in, so I, it was like one of the first tutorials on that. So it just, I hit it the right time for that content, and it, and it worked out pretty well, you know? <clears throat> carbon Fiber. Ooh, Carbon Fiber Llama. I love that name. Okay, that's funny. The micro content on TikTok really doesn't seem worth the investment I'd want to put in. See, that's another thing. I completely, 100% agree with you there, because I'm not the kind of person that points a camera at my face and, and like that's just all i do so like it's a 60 second clip no cuts no editing no no thought from it it's just there i don't really feel feel like that's the content that i want to put out either i want to i want to edit something i want to plan something i want to i want to make it have more substance to it you know so i'm that's where i'm struggling as well emmanuel in my opinion people want to watch want to just watch tiktok shorts have a completely different expectation from those who rather watch longer videos in longer videos, you can get away with more details and education. Exactly. Yes. I do think that uh, there's there's not really a cross-pollination of those two people, you know? Um, if I think of me as a viewer, I go to YouTube. Um, I'm either going to watch a live stream like Doc or Tim, 
Those are my typical uh, guilty pleasures during the day when I'm kind of working, not really 100% paying attention to the video. It's almost like the old days when you'd pick something on the guide and like HBO had a bunch of a movie marathon for Rocky. And you're like, okay, I'll just put that on and I won't even pay attention to it while I work or whatever, right? That's kind of live streams for me. When I when I go to YouTube for a specific subject, I'm I'm wanting more from it. I want something longer, something that actually teaches me something. Maybe even a, it's something that, you know, I pause and follow along with it, like an After Effects tutorial or a video editing tip or whatever. But when I'm when I'm watching like reels, shorts, or TikToks, it, yeah, it's just I'm just sitting there bored on the couch, not paying attention to TV, just going, yep, 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 mindlessly scrolling through, not even really paying attention, just filling time. That's it. So I'd agree with you there, Emmanuel, 100%. Llama, plus the engagement on TikTok seems poor quality on live and easy to just skip past. Yes. Uh, so the swipe aspect of TikTok is is interesting. So the fact that all they have to do is just and you're gone. Live live streams just I don't feel like they would work very well for for TikTok, even though they have the the ability to do that. But like if you don't grab their attention in the first three seconds, they're gone, right? And a lot of educational type content, you kind of have to intro it. So if the if you intro it and say, hey, this is what I'm going to teach you by that point, they could already be gone by by the time you finish your sentence, which is absolutely insane to me to think, oh, I put all this effort into making a quality video and all they did is whoop and they're gone. I'd almost prefer the YouTube recommendation system where they see the thumbnail. The thumbnail has to get their attention and the title enough for them to click in. And it's almost like they've made a bigger commitment into the content, you know? It's almost like, well, I actively started this video so it feels more like something I'm going to sit through and at least see the intro if they grab me, continue on to the rest of it, you know? That's kind of where I sit on that one, I guess. Lama, I feel like a channel review for my sim racing channel would make me cry because all my content is rushed to be educational for a league. I actually, I don't know about that. So just because it's rushed content doesn't necessarily make it any worse. Um, and also there's certain vibes that you get from certain kind of content. So like when I do channel reviews for live streamers, for live streamers, I, I skim through the content and, and look for things like, okay, in the beginning, of course, you're going to be in high energy and you're going to be interacting with chat, saying hi to people, doing doing the typical streamer thing, right? Let's say an hour in, are you still interacting? Did you start playing a game? Are you interacting while you're playing the game to keep people interested? Check that. Check two hours in, depending on, of course, the length of the stream and see if they're still high energy or if they're really fading and maybe they should shorten their streams. And then the outro and, and telling people promoting your next thing, right? So for your content, it might just be, you know, I understand what you're trying to get across and and, and the review would kind of reflect that. Or, you know, if, if you tell me and you ask me to do it and you say, be brutally honest, I'll be like, okay, well, maybe I will hurt your feelings in some aspects. But, you know, the thing about content creation is... is Everyone has an opinion of your channel, so even my opinion doesn't necessarily mean it's right. It just means it's my opinion. So if you go, if I say, we'll just take something, pull us something out of the air. I'm like, your banner is terrible and doesn't tell me anything about what your channel is. You're like, well, I like my banner and I'm not going to do what you say. 
obviously, it doesn't mean you're going to be any more or less successful. It just means maybe it's something for you to take a look at, you know? Largely, I struggle coming up with a format that'll let me share the content live. It doesn't look like it's in a crappy apartment in a stream. Oh, okay. Nice. I mean, my first... So my very, very first stream, the one that I was talking about with uh, editing the joystick, right? Or changing the graphics on the joystick. I just had, you know, a beige wall because we were renting a house at the time. And I, I was using my built-in MacBook Pro, like, webcam... Like, do they still call them webcams, face cam, whatever? You know, the one built into the laptop. I was using that. I didn't have a microphone, so the speakers and the audio quality was just terrible. Um, you know, and it was it, it was a first-time stream, really, and you could tell. As I upgraded, you know, I got a couple more things. I started putting decorations in the background, but it still was, you know, kind of amateurish and still kind of... Obviously, this isn't someone who does it for a living which i don't do it for a living now i just like to buy things and well th this is what happens <laughs> but uh i the first thing about content creation is just do it it's like nike says <laughs> just do it you know you just have to get started and, and everyone's going to be bad in the beginning but you can't really learn until you you continue to do it you you have to grind it out and continue on making content getting better at talking into a mic getting better at pre presentation you know the backgrounds and stuff, um, I don't think they're super important. Uh, I, You even see some of the bigger streamers, like obviously the, the guys who do it for a living and make millions like Tim the Tatman and, and Nick Merckx and Dr. Disrespect and stuff, they've got the whole setups and, and everything looks pretty good. But there's some bigger streamers out there that are like, okay, I have a little LED light in the background and that's really it. Actually, now that I say Tim the Tatman, he, his is just a white wall with a purple light shining on it and then... He had like those little, what are those little LED like tiles almost? I think they're, they might even be called tiles, but, and he tried to rip one off the wall. So there's like a hole in his paint on the wall. It's pretty funny. So I don't think your background matters as much as long as it's not like a pigsty. Like you don't want it to be like unmade bed, trash everywhere kind of stuff. As long as you tried to clean it up and, and make it presentable, I think everyone's fine with that, you know? Emmanuel, if your TikTok slash short isn't something super special in a, in a few seconds, chances are people skip. Yeah. I mean, there's it's there's an interesting thing. So content creation's barrier to entry is unbelievably low at this point, right? YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, they all give you tools j just on your phone where you can create pretty, pretty nice videos now. And obviously the cameras are fabulous. It's not like you have to have to go out and buy a DSLR or anything like that to get quality video anymore. But I think the big difference with content creation, what makes one piece of content shine over another piece of content is the 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 effort. And you're right where you say too many people are more creative than you. Yes, but there's also a little bit to be said about people can tell that you are passionate about your content and and that is reflected in your presentation. Or at least I like to think so, because there's a million, like you say, there's a, there's a million people out there trying to be creative, trying to do something on TikTok or YouTube or Instagram or wherever, right? So you have to somehow make yourself shine differently. And I don't know, sometimes it's also luck of the draw. I guess if someone just happens to scroll by your content, let's, let's just pick TikTok since we're talking about TikTok quite a bit. 
someone happens to stop on your content just long enough to be like, okay, yeah, I like this guy's presentation style. I like this, this guy's content, even though the last video could have been the exact same fact or tip or whatever, but they just scrolled by a little bit too fast and right before that engagement point, you know? Llama, could TikTok be a place where you share casual thoughts content in your more edited, curated content on other platforms? Yes, and I've actually thought about the same thing. So I, I, I've thought about a couple different ways to do shorts, TikToks, and reels. And one of them was that, where I was like, you know what, what if I'm just casually talking about something like, let's say I have a YouTube video that gives you tips on how to configure your Windows audio, which is the next one that I am actually going to be releasing here. So I have that long format video where I go through the whole entire presentation. It's highly edited. It's it's put together well. And then on the TikTok version, I'm just like, hey, I have this tip here, blah, blah, blah. Go check it out on YouTube. I don't know. I think it could work, but I don't know. Again, I don't know the conversion rate because TikTok's conversion. How do you get into someone's profile? So how do you actually get to like let's just say if you if you check out a streamer so let's just whatever's on my for you page so right here like in the description there's not really a lot of stuff i can click on the hashtags and go to each hashtag i can click on the actual person which this just happens to be another streamer person that i actually know yeah you can't even so like in the in the bio there's they're not even clickable links so i would actually have to in addition to seeing this content clicking on the content and wanting to go follow this person i would have to either remember or have another computer or something like that to pull them up type in or search for that username on the platform that i'm trying to find them on so like he listed his he said streams on twitch and then showed the username i would have to because I can't copy and paste from the profile, I'd have to actually go type it somewhere. And if I type it wrong or if it's difficult to type, because, you know, usernames, whatever. Man. So the conversion is really difficult there because that's a lot to ask someone who just found you through their For You page and they're like, yeah, I'm interested in this content. At a certain point, there's too many steps and they're like, I'm, I'm not going to go do all of this stuff to go over there. That's why I do like YouTube shorts a little bit more having it where my on-demand content's on youtube my streams are on youtube because if you're doing youtube shorts then boom they subscribe they subscribe to your channel so it's your shorts your vods and your streams are all in the one spot whereas if you're separating your content on different platforms now they have to do something else in order for them to convert over you know oh it sounds like too much work to convert too many clicks exactly llama like they TikTok and Instagram and everyone who does not allow links, they do it on purpose because the ultimate goal for all of the platforms is to keep you on platform, right? So if let's again use TikTok, if TikTok was to give you the ability to put a link in a description that all you do is click on it and boom, the Twitch app is open and you're watching me, right? They've just lost you on platform. So they don't give you the ability to put links so that they don't lose you off of their platform and you keep just scrolling forever and ever and ever. So it's, I mean, it's smart as a platform, but it's really detrimental to us creators who, who are like, okay, 
Because the, the biggest advice that you'll see out there on our Twitch or really anywhere, Harris Heller, one of the more... I like Harris Heller for his advice on streaming and things. And one of his biggest pieces of advice is if you want to grow your live stream, you have to grow an audience on another platform. He's talking specifically about Twitch live streaming. You have to grow your audience on another platform and convert them over to Twitch. Now, he's talking about doing YouTube videos and converting from YouTube to Twitch. And he's also talking about TikTok to Twitch. The problem there, again, you, you run into the problem where you're like... How are we going to get these people to actually click on all this stuff and go over to the other sp other side? That's why that's why I really put a lot of my eggs in the YouTube basket. That sounds really weird, but you get what I'm saying. I I really think since YouTube has the shorts, it has the on-demand content, the culture of searching, and it has streaming. I think keeping everything in one single spot is the winner. I really do, and I think that when I do start posting shorts. TikToks and, and Reels, I think it's going to be a dead giveaway that YouTube shorts are the best way to promote a YouTube channel. It's just natural. We're also getting the community tab here in a little bit. So uh, hopefully I'll hit the 500 subscribers by that point. But October 12th, we're actually getting the community tab. So we, in addition to our shorts and our VODs and our streams being SEO friendly, you can now post things almost like tweets in a way, it's just posts, you know, whatever, onto your YouTube channel to also improve your SEO. So everything, everything related to the YouTube search algorithm and all of these things that YouTube gives you to funnel people in, I think is the real winner. I really do. Now, there's, there's not a lack of struggles when you switch from Twitch to YouTube for streaming. Definitely. I, I mean, I'm still experiencing them. Like right now, I have no overlays because... Streamlabs, stream elements, you have to, in order to unlink a YouTube account and get a new username, you have to cancel your accounts. And I'm still in the cancellation process with them. I have been for like seven days now where it still registers as the real Darth guy, but I want everything to change over to Darth Talks Tech. Ugh. So there are problems, but I really, really do think that... Uh, the greatness is over on, on YouTube just because SEO. SEO hands down is the best way to have discoverability and it it's reportable because analytics on YouTube are really good. And uh, another thing is I've noticed that a lot of my content gets views straight from Google. So it's not like someone went to YouTube and searched for a subject, right? They went to Google, which I mean, everyone goes to Google, right? There's a handful of people that go to DuckDuckGo or wherever else, but Everyone goes to Google, we'll just say, right? Google now recommends the YouTube channel because it found it based on search engine optimization and recommended my videos to people because they search for OBS audio setups and my video happens to be in there. Or animating text in OBS is actually one of my more successful ones on Google searches, so it just recommends them right in. Twitch, you're never going to get found as a Twitch channel in Google search. I don't even think, does Google search actually give you the ability to, let's see, uh, Twitch, Twitch, the real Darth guy. Okay. So you can, you can directly search for the real guy suggests these street. That's weird. You can directly search for Twitch and a username and it pops up pretty easily. But the problem is 
like if you search for generally what what was i talking about obs and i can't type animate text so if i search for open oh, no, that's not obs i can't type today so obs animated text yeah sure we'll get the recommendation so now it's recommending youtube videos and this one right here it's not the first result it's one two it's the third result is me it's me right here text animator for obs or streamlabs obs in google search and the third result you're not going to get that kind of discoverability from twitch ever it's just not going to happen so if you just i mean if you think about just that aspect of being able to google something in and it like this person who tech who types obs animated text is probably not thinking oh I, I could go watch a youtube video on that but that's what they got so it's pretty cool i mean i think that's that's really why i'm putting all my eggs in the youtube basket you know I, now i don't recommend everyone switches over to youtube that's that that's irrational right twitch is a fabulous platform the only thing is that there is no discoverability so when the it's funny that the argument of YouTube discoverability versus Twitch discoverability comes up when people say, okay, why are you switching to YouTube? YouTube YouTube's discoverability is not as good as Twitch. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. Before we were always arguing that Twitch's discoverability is terrible because it's only a directory and you can just sort it. There's really, that's not discoverability. That's user browsability. Whereas discoverability is they search for something you were recommended based on a subject that they were looking for and then you were discovered. YouTube has that, you know. There's also recommendations algorithm on YouTube itself. Yes, yes. Uh, it's So Google itself will search YouTube for content like that. But And then naturally, if let's say one day I go into YouTube and I'm looking for text animators, we'll use the same example. I, I searched for a couple text animators. I watched a few videos on that subject. Now, my homepage, when I land on YouTube, is going to recommend things. So in the analytics of that video that I actually just showed you, that's the third result, I can see whether they came from YouTube, they came from Google search, they came from the homepage, they came from a recommended video on the end of another video that was similar. I could see all that stuff, which is in my eyes that's invaluable for me to be able to optimize my discoverability via tags descriptions titles things like that it's it's just now i have some kind of ammo to be like i can improve people finding me by doing this better you know nick it is cool it's amazing hey wolverine how's it going i almost called you cooch again i keep flipping back and forth when you pop in here getting ready to go to dinner but wanted to drop by and say hey well, thank you very much, Wolverine. What are you going to dinner for? Uh, is it a special event or just kind of family night out? And We were talking about barbecue earlier. I don't know if you already have plans, but barbecue does sound good, so I'm going to recommend barbecue to you, you know? <clears throat> Llama, was your switch from Twitch... I don't know why that sounds so weird to me. It's direct rhyme, obviously, but switch from Twitch to YouTube based more on your content type or platform search discoverability. It's actually kind of both. So I have... I have my blog com conveniently pulled up here, therealdarthguy.com. I just clicked on my setup. That's not what I want. So on here, I actually have a featured um, section where it says your content should work for you, not with you. So I kind of go into detail in there on why I, I think YouTube is the way forward, at least for me. Of course, everyone being different, I really do. And if I had to be put 
if I was put in a chair and said, you have to say, do you think Twitch or YouTube is better for content creators? I would say YouTube is better, 100%, because of the reasons that I actually just showed you, because of the ability for you to be found when people are just looking for subjects, not necessarily you specifically, right? So in regards to based on content type, yes, I do think that my content type is a little bit better for YouTube and its algorithm because when I was streaming over on Twitch, I would put myself in the just chatting column and then I would put similar titles to what I do in the YouTube titles and everything like that, right? But the difference was is that when people go to the just chatting category, they're not really, I don't really know what they're looking for on Twitch. Um, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of struggle out there with some of the not really just chatting streams out there which i i don't care about but it's really hard to like you're intermingled with all of that other junk that's out there right but now my live stream can get recommended if someone's looking for if they type in i don't know this for sure but if if they were to type in something like youtube versus twitch or if they were to type in switching from Twitch. My stream could potentially be recommended because of that search rather than them going to a just chatting directory and going, what do I want to watch? It's almost like putting yourself in a TV guide and just hoping they'll turn or they'll scroll to that spot and be like, yeah, I guess I'll watch that. Let's check that out, you know? And then the pre-roll ads, we won't even get into that, but... Um, I have a work associate in town and we already had barbecue on the menu. Nice, Wolverine, nice. Uh, so, Llama, going back to your, your search discoverability, that's another thing that was a huge, huge impact on my decision because I really do believe that it gives you the power to tell YouTube how you want to be discovered and viewed. So, actually, let's open an, an incognito tab here and let's see if we go to YouTube.wow. If we type YouTube expertly, okay. So now I am in a window that just doesn't have any history of me at all. Let's see if there's a way that we can actually find, well, me first off, based on terms that I kind of want people to find me with, or let's see if we can actually find the stream. So this, there's no history, I'm not signed in. There, YouTube has no idea who I am. They obviously know my location because browsers know that kind of stuff but let's see um so switch from this is kind of specific but switch from twitch to youtube let's see what comes up i'm hoping that i'm in here but odds are i'm probably not so tim the Tatman's obviously in here uh, actually this guy's really good big e has been doing a very large oh okay so th the problem i'm getting now is actually that since Tim the Tatman switched, people did reporting on switching to YouTube. So let's do Twitch versus YouTube. Let's try that. So a completely vanilla search is is kind of rough. Oh, look at this. Oh, vidIQ. That's obvious. Ashney, she's a very good creator as well. She does uh, the Stream Academy, Alpha Gaming. These guys have been on the platform for a very long time, kind of being the top the top recommendations for a long time. So like 143,000 views, 199,000, etc. So 
I don't like the one thing I don't like is I don't like this people also watched because like right here I just typed Twitch versus YouTube but I got the new Nintendo Switch OLED of course it doesn't know who I am so let's see how can actually let's type that old OBS animated text so that's one of the top searches here OBS animated text there I am so right here I'm actually one two three four five so in Google search, I'm ranked number three for this search text. And in YouTube search itself, I'm ranked number six. That's not terrible. You know, now it's going to be a battle of the thumbnails, really. So you have this one, which that one is obviously doing it in Premiere, which is a little bit more. Um, how to use all the OBS text tools. Okay, this is animated text in there. Um, mine is free custom text animator. Hopefully it calls attention to itself. I'm not really sure. So there, there are ways to get better and better in your actual search results. So we did find me. Uh, obviously, it's a little bit specific, but, you know, I am targeting those keywords, so it makes sense. Twitch versus YouTube, it's unfortunate that I didn't come up there, but it is what it is because there are creators that have been doing that kind of information for a very long time, longer than I have. And also, YouTube looks at video satisfaction a little bit when it also returns some some results so 199,000 people being super satisfied with the video is obviously going to bump that a little higher than mine right <clears throat> emmanuel i had streams on my youtube homepage with less than 15 viewers you don't get that on twitch as far as i know that is a hundred percent correct the only way you get that so twitch's way that they have changed their directory they're getting a little bit better so in some categories so like for instance in escape from tarkov if i go to the category generally escape from tarkov will have a recommended for you like drop down i don't really know how the algorithm works at all but it recommends a different myriad of streamers than just being top down now some categories don't have that option some just say highest to lowest views lowest to highest views so an interesting fact there if you think about it so if, if someone's browsing from top down where it's most views to least views and you're a 10 10 viewer kind of streamer you're going to be almost at the bottom just naturally so it's going to be really hard for someone to stream i don't know we'll just make a guess 100 times before they reach you right okay bummer if they invert that search and go low to high now they're seeing all the zeros the ones the twos the threes the fours which is actually the vast majority of all streams out there so you with your 10 viewers if you are lucky enough to have the 10 viewers now you're 17 scrolls down because it's got to pass all the zero one two three four five six seven eight and nines before it gets to you that's rough and then another thing that kind of stinks is Twitch is it just shows a fra a recent frame so when the person hits the page it shows like a recent frame of whatever's going on on that stream that may not be a very exciting thing it could be a transition it could be whatever happens right on YouTube when you when you start your stream you actually get to set a thumbnail so you can you can improve what the viewer sees when you're recommended to them as well so that's kind of cool another thing that i just learned it was actually the first youtube stream which which was 
two weeks ago, I want to say. Yeah, it was two streams ago. I had a person pop in and he said, oh, I, I, I saw you on the end of another video and you were recommended to me on that video. So I figured why not try it? So not only is it recommending you people streams on your homepage, it's also tacking you on to the end of actual on-demand videos as well now. And that's fabulous. So someone is actively watching that content at that moment, and then your live stream can get recommended to them as something to watch. I think that's pretty huge because let's say, let's say I'm at the moment, I'm, we'll just again, use the same example because it's easy. I'm looking for videos of how to animate OBS text, right? Cool. I watch one. It's not, I watch it all the way through. It's not really what I'm looking for. I see the recommended videos. I'm recommended a live stream that happens to be talking about the same thing because they put it in their title or description or wherever and the SEO worked. It recommends the live stream and I'm like, oh, you know what? I can actually, I'll watch this person. I, if they don't answer my specific question, you can type in chat and then ask them that question. So it's going to create a different version of live streaming and advice and, and help and things like it's going to be live help almost if, you know, if the live stream is covering that subject, right? I think that's really cool. And hopefully, hopefully what YouTube is doing with their big acquisitions. So they already had Doc, obviously. Tim the Tatman moved over. Dr. Lupo moved over. Obviously, they were thrown a, a bag of money to do so. But the more and more people get used to watching live streams on YouTube, the more and more that becomes the norm. So for a long time, YouTube just wasn't where you went to watch a live stream very often, right? As people start to get used to it because these huge creators are bringing crowds of hundreds of thousands of people per day watching streams on YouTube, now it's the normal thing to do. Now YouTube not only is normally doing live streams so people's mind share is well i can either go to twitch or i can go to youtube i either one rather than always going to twitch now you're getting the mind shares there the recommendation system there the search engine optimization systems there you're just piling on all these things that are just better as a youtube creator you know and as a youtube viewer let's be honest like if i'm if i'm sitting in some shorts and I watch a short and I'm like, oh, this guy's pretty, pretty funny or gives good advice or whatever. And I'm like, oh, he's live right now. Let's check that out. All of a sudden, I went from watching a short to subscribing to the channel to watching the live stream all in like a couple of taps. You didn't have to change apps. You didn't have to change and search for anything. You were just guided through. And then all of a sudden you're watching the guy live. That's amazing. You know, Nick, Nick Merckx would be insane. I agree. I think. If Nick Merckx is moving over and, and that actually happens, I think their YouTube's got some big plans. Um, I think we talked about it. I, I can't remember if it was the first or second stream, but we were talking about what if Nick Merckx did like some some YouTube event or some Google event where he's like, I'm moving over to to YouTube for live streaming exclusively. And by the way, here's a YouTube engineer. You now get gifted memberships like that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Now, I'm not monetized, so I don't have memberships or anything like that. But it still would be a great thing for YouTube in general. Because all they're doing is they're just ticking down the boxes. So all the objections that people have to YouTube as a streaming platform, they're just one by one, just eliminating each one. They're not doing them all at once because, you know, that would be bad overall because something would fall through the cracks. 
but they're just ticking them off and getting rid of the the problems that that people are saying that YouTube has behind Twitch, you know. Dark like the guy in my stream that was hating on my change to YouTube. You, you're always going to have the people that are that are uncomfortable with a new platform. And the thing about YouTube versus Twitch which really really weirds me out is when a viewer has such such a dedication to Twitch. By the way, they're owned by Amazon and they're just as evil as the Googles and all that stuff, but like why do you have such a dedication to a platform? Shouldn't you have a dedication to the entertainment value that you're getting rather than Oh, I like the extra emotes, which now we have better TTV, which is funny, it's called better TTV still on YouTube, but we have all those emotes as well. You can you can use all that stuff over here. Theater mode, um, there's there's a an extension called 7C something. No, 7TV is true theater mode for live streams for YouTube. But again, you have to link your Twitch and then link your YouTube, which is weird. Because all these things, you know, YouTube's a little bit behind. We, we can't lie in regards to the live streaming landscape. But it does have greatness under the hood, you know. Rez, speaking of shorts, are you planning on making shorts on the channel also? Yes. Yes, I am, Rez. Hey, by the way. Uh... I have a plan. I have a collection of shorts, uh, subject matter that I've put together, and and I, my problem right now is that I'm really struggling to get things down to 60 minutes. So the the old school advice videos that I've actually taken down off the channel for the time being because they weren't performing well, and I want to redo them anyways into shorts. Those were about three to five minutes. So I'm I'm trying to watch them over again and figure out a way to condense them down into that under 60 seconds quick short concise video and i'm a little bit of a talker i don't know if you guys noticed but uh yeah i guess i'm, I'm a little long-winded for shorts right now which i'll get it down and i think what i'll end up doing is i'll i'll try to do like if i can make a, a cut or or a a take rather that is about a minute 20 to a minute 30 i think i would be able to condense it down and like cut little pieces and parts out and make it a short that way so I'm, I'm still struggling a little bit with the the length of time just because I'm used to more long-form content, but I am planning on making some. And, and what I really want to do, Rez, I don't know if you were here in the beginning, is I want to make that short and format it for each of the platforms. So format it for YouTube Shorts, format it for Instagram Reels, and format it for TikTok, TikToks, videos, whatever. I want to individually upload all three of them and then figure out the the return rate on each i guarantee youtube's going to be the best for bringing people to the youtube channel because they're already there but i want to just i want to see some real data behind okay i've put out the exact same video on all three platforms it got this engagement on each platform but it yielded this many subscribers to the youtube channel which is the ultimate goal of all those is to pull them all into the youtube so i'm excited to to get that together but of course like i said i have to figure out how to make myself a little bit quicker in in my presentation for 60 seconds worth of video you know nick imagine ludwig Lut, 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 Lut. i want to say ludwig all the time because you know anyway xqc don't watch them but they are huge i i think so there's going to be like this weird period where big streamers it's already kind of starting big streamers are going over to youtube some are staying over on twitch and there's this like discourse between 
where to go, you know? I think it's ultimately good because right now, the biggest argument that people that are staying on Twitch have is, well, I don't like YouTube's live streaming platform as much. The, I mean, the creator dashboard is abysmal on YouTube, let's be honest. There's nothing in it. It, it tells you the stream quality, a couple of different settings, some analytics, and that's about it. Like the, the dashboard on Twitch is amazing. But if I can't wait till the day that like they they're kind of a one to one match, like it's the same whether you go on YouTube or Twitch. And I honestly think that when that happens, YouTube's going to eke them out in discoverability, you know. Uh, loyalty to a platform makes no sense to me. Shouldn't it be for the streamers you watch? I agree. I agree. I. I hope that's the case, you know, um, when I announced my move, there was a handful of people that didn't really understand why but the thing is is that a lot of the viewer side of it any viewer that's not a content creator at all or has never tried to make a youtube channel or content in general i think the 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 misunderstanding there is that they don't know the behind the scenes work that's put in they don't know the 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 struggle that you go through when you're offline and you're like i don't know how to get people over to my twitch account because when i'm not live it's not working so they don't know any of that stuff, you know, and, and when I say your Twitch channel doesn't work for you, it only works with you. That's because once you once you click the end stream button, you Twitch is not doing anything for you at all. Maybe someone will follow when you're offline, but that's because some other content that you put out somewhere else or brought them in through a tweet or whatever, right? Your YouTube content works for you constantly. Anytime anyone's ever searching, they could find your channel and find your recommends and, and find your technically your live stream reruns if you title it and just and put the description together correctly so it's it works it works for you as i say not with you if that all made sense i think i garbled up some of the words but the idea is there manual uh, xqc won't leave twitch his audience needs the chat experience over there and he said he signed a custom contract with twitch several years ago okay that makes sense um We'll see what happens, though, you know, because what if what if the chat experience over on YouTube is I'm not saying exactly the same, but is comparable when his contract runs out and Twitch goes, we're not renewing your contract or Twitch YouTube goes to him and says, we're going to give you X, Y and Z and Twitch comes in with only X and Y. I wonder what his loyalty will be if if the experience can be tailored the same way. Because I do understand that the chat experience over on Twitch is significantly better than it is on YouTube. It just is. There's no, there's no real ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah, better, better TTV did add their emote system over to YouTube, and there's a couple of plugins that do help it. But you just don't have the same level of interaction. You don't have the achievement-based stuff over on YouTube, where it's like, okay, if you if you become a subscriber for this long, or if you're this tier subscriber, you get extra perks, you get extra things. I think it'll be there eventually. It's just not there yet, you know. I see bigger streamers on Twitch mentioning, I may try YouTube in the future if they add more stuff. A lot recently, some would even risk their partner status for it. You know what's? It? I think it's a it's a valid thing because again, Twitch just doesn't work. Twitch doesn't work, or your channel doesn't do anything for you unless you're live. 
there's not there's not a culture of of watching someone's someone's old videos over there yeah i used to just because i would miss the end of like if i missed the end of a tournament that dr district well that was way back in the day we'll say tim the tatman because it's more recent right so if i missed the end of a tournament that tim was playing in and i wanted to go back and see the conclusion of that tournament i would go watch the vod but that's a very specific case right and here's another thing like when i went to watch the old vods on youtube or uh, dang it on twitch I would have to go seek out and find the point where I stopped watching and start watching it again on YouTube. Like if you were to stop watching right now and then you were to come back tomorrow and my, my video on demand was posted of this stream, the moment you click on it, it just starts playing from where you left off. That's pretty cool. Another thing is the DVR feature, which I do have turned on. The DVR feature allows you to rewind a stream, watch whatever you want a second, third time, clip it if you... if. If the channel has clips, of course. And then you can just hit a live button and bam, you're back to live again. Pretty pretty cool experience. Because, you know, maybe you walked away and you you didn't see the conclusion of a match in a game. So you wanted to rewind it real quick. You can do that on YouTube. Kind of nice. I do see a lot of people switching over. So as YouTube keeps checking off these little things, as they add gifted memberships, as they add more moderation tools as they add more chat tools and chat interaction type things for the viewer i do see that a lot of people will probably drop over and stay on youtube i just i really do feel if they're if they're putting out content on youtube they don't have to convert anyone the people who subscribe to them for their content on youtube are already also on twitch they're also in their streams is what i'm trying to say grief I miss the most is clipping right now. Yeah. Um, I wish they would just give clipping to everyone. I think clipping can be important. The one thing that's interesting about clipping on YouTube, though, is I don't know... What they need to do is they need to make sure that it doesn't affect my channel's content. So my content on my channel is curated. I don't want it just to have a bunch of clips hanging off of it or something. So what would be nice is if they did... If when you set up clips, you were like, okay, I want clips from my main stream, but I want every single video that, that a user clips to go to a clips channel. So you have Darth Talks Tech and then Darth Talks Tech clips, and it goes to that clips channel and doesn't actually like infect my uploads and my videos that are curated for the main channel. You know, I think that would be really cool. Because that's one th that's one difference between YouTube and Twitch. Like, you don't care what videos on demand or clips are attached to your channel in Twitch at all, really. But on YouTube, you might because you're like, I don't want I don't want that funny moment to infect my advice channel. I want I still want that moment. I just want it somewhere else where people could find it. You know. You can also pause the stream, do something else, and later continue from where you left off. You can also set the playback speed to 1.5 or 2 to slowly catch up to live again. See, that those things are really cool, Emmanuel. Those things are... I think those, for me as a viewer, those are more valuable. Because, you know, I, I have YouTube streams up during the day when I'm working. If I get pulled into a phone call or if I get pulled over to, to go to another meeting, I could just be like, oh, well, pause. And then it... It really doesn't matter to me in that context to, to interact live because, well, I'm not interacting live anyways. I'm, It's literally just like background stuff where I can look over every once in a while and check out what's going on and listen for 
key things, you know. If I'm watching Tim the Tatman and he's playing Warzone and, and all of a sudden they start freaking out, I'm like, oh, what's going on? You don't have to pay attention to the mundane driving around for dance parts, you know. So. I think... So, I did start up and try the YouTube integration into the new version of OBS. OBS, I want to say it's 27.1. And I like it, but the chat is consistently more delayed than the YouTube Studio chat, so I'm going to get rid of that chat. I do like the management features that they added to it, though, so it is it is getting better. And here's an interesting thing that actually I just thought of. So YouTube is working with the developers of OBS to put in stream management into OBS Studio. So I wonder if instead of working on YouTube's live dashboard, I wonder if they're just going to start like putting things into OBS. Can you imagine if like OBS just had all the moderation stuff just built into it? That would be amazing. I really want them to to allow me to do alerts straight in OBS to where I have I have a text thing and I have a video layer and when someone subscribes it just pops that up. That would be amazing. Twitch is actually working on a rewind feature too, but it will only allow you to rewind for up to five minutes. Not the same, really. Yeah, I mean, five minutes is good. Five minutes is way better. I mean, I don't want to discount the fact that Twitch is going to allow that. It's really weird, though, that they can only go back five minutes, but your VOD is continually recording. So, like, why... Amazon Web Services, AWS, like, they have the same server power... Maybe not the exact same, but they have a lot of server power, just like Google does. What, Like, why wouldn't they just allow it to go all the way back? I don't know. That, um, I'm a different version of software engineering, not that side, so. <laughs> uh, YouTube is currently working with OBS, which is a neat partnership. I think that is an amazing partnership. Like, so for the first time today, I got to actually start my stream and everything just from OBS itself and not worry about the YouTube studio side of things. And it worked really well. It worked perfectly fine. I like it. There's just, there's more important things than what they did add. Like the chat box, I don't really care about the chat box being integrated into OBS because I, I like using the one on YouTube now anyways, which it was recent decision because it was more delayed. <laughs> But yeah, I think that partnership's going to be pretty amazing and I think that's that might be where YouTube is kind of hiding in in the in the bushes right now where they're like, yeah, we're not improving YouTube's live dashboard on the website. We're going to massively integrate into OBS so it's just natural to be YouTube and OBS just work together perfectly, you know. Isn't AWS number 1 right now? I think so, Nick. Um I know I use it for for both my side project business plus my actual day job business, we use AWS for everything. So if you just take that, then yes, they're number one. But uh, I mean, Google, Google's content delivery network with YouTube is just amazing, you know. And I think AWS is actually, they do have a tier system. If you go to Devin Nash's channel on YouTube and watch some of his old videos, he talks about how AWS actually provides a Twitch-like tier to where you could create your own streaming website. You could basically recreate Twitch in AWS, which is weird that Amazon would give that kind of a tiered system to their servers because they own Twitch. It's a very weird thing, right? I don't know. 
I wonder what the business structure is for Twitch versus like Amazon. It's it's really weird. It's they bought it, and I think they just let they just like let it run as its own independent thing and like don't even consider it. I don't know. It's very strange, right? I was gonna do something and I totally forgot what it was. Oh, it was starting this. I forgot to start up the chat bot that might not run today just because I'm in, like I said earlier, I'm in that, like, the middle of changing my name on Streamlabs and Stream Elements, so I'm in a limbo mode where I don't have any notifications on my stream, which is really irritating, but it's a necessity, so I'll struggle through all the stuff so I can tell you what to, what to preemptively start doing if you decide that you wanted to switch over to YouTube from Twitch, you know? Manual, I don't think Twitch is that important to Amazons. Some say it's only there to get people to subscribe to Prime more. I mean, that's that is something that is really cool, though. I have to give props to Twitch on the if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, which who isn't, then you get a free subscription to a channel on Twitch. I think that's a really cool system, and I know like Google's not going to have that. Although. If you have YouTube Premium, they could give you one subscription, and that would give you ad-free viewing everywhere on YouTube, plus maybe a subscription. That would be kind of neat. I mean, it could entice some more people. They need to drop the price of YouTube Premium. Just facts. They have to. $15 is too expensive, or 12 or whatever it is. Over $10 is way too expensive for that kind of a service, just for ad-free. Like... I think for ad-free, like the five to eight dollar range is kind of the sweet spot for that that service. But you know, I guess I'm not in charge, so whatever. Nick Prime is still taking five to seven days to ship me stuff. Still irritating, even though I pay half as much with the student discount. You know, I've been lucky. Most of my stuff gets here in in two days now. Um, of course, during the peak pandemic phase, things were taking like two weeks. But yeah. It just sucks because, you know, you pay for, you really pay for Amazon Prime for the shipping, right? And then you're not getting the shipping. Now, I am lucky where I actually use Amazon Prime for their Prime video because I like the show Grand Tour and also Jack Ryan. Both of those shows are pretty good. So I, I still use Amazon Prime video for other things, which is nice. Um, and then there's the Prime gaming stuff is okay. I don't know if you guys have ever redeem some of the like cosmetics and stuff yeah it's stupid cosmetics and whatever right not super important but it's i mean free stuff is free stuff it's still cool to get you know res creators get paid more from youtube premium viewers than viewers who watch ads but yep they actually do so so the interesting i guess that's that's where it comes in a little bit right res they have to keep the price high so that so that when they're paying out all these creators and things people get more more money um the share of monetization is a lot better on YouTube. So on YouTube, you actually get a 70-30 split in general, not only if you're a partner. That's nice. Um, yeah, the fact that ads, ads revenue is actually better. So a lot of creators on YouTube make more money through their ad revenue than they do through their like memberships. Because memberships are only really for streaming people. Of course, you can still have memberships, but for the most part, I don't I don't know what the culture is behind actually like subbing to someone for only their on-demand content. I, I wonder how that... I gotta research that a little bit more, you know? 
Nick, if YouTube made premium $3 a month, I would subscribe instantly, especially with ad blockers. $10 is way too much. I think, yeah, I, 5 to 8 is... 5 to $8 is right in my sweet spot where I would accept it on a monthly basis. I think that would work. And I think that only works because things like Hulu ad-free, which isn't even truly ad-free, is, I think, $8 a month or whatever. So... I think that's a good sweet spot for me personally. I mean, three dollars, of course, I would, I would jump on that too. But uh, I think a max of about eight would be where I would kind of settle, right? <clears throat> Res, that makes sense. Why it's actually expensive now? Um, now that, now that uh, you say that, Emmanuel, YouTube already tested a free membership with Premium last year in a few countries, and Valkyrie said on stream that they are working on some sort of Prime. Really? Okay, I'm gonna have to keep up with that for sure. I, I, of course. From the Darth Talks Tech Twitter, I followed all of the YouTube channels that I felt were pertinent. So hopefully we'll get uh, hopefully we'll get some news here. But I think we're gonna start to see it just every couple months, just a little trickle of new things from YouTube. Just they drop something, they drop another thing, bam, they drop another thing. Eventually we'll be like, wait, the difference between YouTube streaming or chat experience and Twitch chat experience is pretty minuscule now. It's going to be, there are features on YouTube versus there are different features on Twitch. Which one do you like better? And of course, it's also going to be based on the content creators going, well, I'm going to stream over here or I'm going to stream over there. Yeah. Reveal, what's up? Yeah, that you having, like, if you set your default account, like I always default to the real Darth guy account. So I don't, I don't know how I managed to set that to be my default, like sign in thing, but you, there's a way to do it. Reveal. So YouTube is working on a prime alt then. That's nice. So I wonder I wonder what it would be. Because here's another thing. They have YouTube TV, which is streaming TV, of course, because everyone has streaming TV. And their package isn't terrible. So I have Direct TV Stream, which used to be called AT&T TV Now, which before that was called Direct TV Now. But whatever. They keep changing back and forth. Don't know why. But uh, I have that, and it's like $75 a month, and it gives me the guide and a bunch of extra channels and a bunch of extra on-demand, and you know, you know how these things work, right? YouTube TV has a similar thing, and it would be really interesting if YouTube TV also included YouTube Prime. I think that would, that would make me switch over pretty quickly, but I'm wondering what they actually come out with, Rez, Manuel. I think that'll be, uh, that'll be cool. They need another tier of some sort, like... Because I think people are already settled in the fact that YouTube Premium is just too much, right? I, I mean, it just the twelve or, or fifteen or wherever it sits in in your country, that that amount of money just feels like too much when you consider you're like, so what does it do? Oh, it gives you YouTube Music, which I don't care about in the slightest. I don't listen to music on YouTube, and it gives you ad-free viewing of all content. And I'm like, that's valuable, but it's not fifteen dollars valuable to me, not at all. I've said it way too many times now, I guess. <laughs> you guys probably get that point already, right? Emmanuel, is there a clip on her saying that on a stream or something? Uh, I would be actually very interested in seeing that as well. Can I get permission to add a link? I don't think I limit links, actually. Give it a shot and send it. If it doesn't work, then I'll research it or reveal can we send links i don't know if you you know where that's found it'll take me a minute to find it if it's if it's limiting those but i don't believe that i have a limited so go ahead and rock it out 
Nick, YouTube music might actually be cool. I like a lot of slowed and remixed versions of songs not available on Spotify. See, I, I listen to Apple music just because my family's had Apple products for so long and also the family membership of it where it's just every single person in my family has all of the Apple products done. <clears throat> I use that right now. Um, yeah, YouTube music, I don't really... I don't know. Should be fine reveal? Okay, yeah. Emmanuel, go ahead and... YouTube automatic. I think we set it so that it does not delete delete links. I believe. Let me see. Settings permission. Let's see. Oh, block links. There you go. I found it. I found it. I might have different controls than you. Reveal. Uh, you can give it a shot now, Emmanuel. It was posted on September 23rd on Dexerto. De Is that how you pronounce that? Anyway. I'm interested. Yeah. So if, if someone sees it, just uh, post it up in here and, and I'll, ch I'll bookmark it to check it out later. I won't run it on stream, but. Wow. I, I would love that. I would, I would absolutely love that because. Yeah, it's just, even if you. Let's say they do this. They do, okay, YouTube Prime that comes with YouTube Music and whatever else it comes with right now, right? And then they did, like, ad-free version. The problem with the ad-free version, though, is like we were talking about, they actually get... They actually get or give money to the creators when someone watches their YouTube video. They give them a couple pennies or whatever. So they got to find out that golden zone where, like, they wouldn't still be losing money, right? I don't know. Do you guys see the news about uh, Twitch and their securing chat stuff? Quite yet. It actually timed you out. Oh, really? With the link? I just changed it so that links should be uh, accessible. Yeah, it, it says right here in community, there's a block links checkbox, and I unchecked that box. So URL sent in live chat are already blocked. If you select this option, new comments with hashtags URLs will be held for a view. This setting does not apply to you, moderators, or approved users. Reveal, you shouldn't have blocked links, but I guess... So this does say right here, URLs in live chat are already blocked. So I do not know how to... Well, let's see. Is there... Yep. Yeah. I will figure that out for next time. Sorry, Emmanuel. I don't know how to allow links in YouTube chat quite yet. Sorry about that. That's funny. It timed you out, Reveal. How long did it time you out for? Next time I stream, I'll, I'll figure out how to allow links. Sorry about that, Emmanuel. Yeah, the mod controls on this platform are non-existent. Or... They exist in some way. Oh, there you go. So. Is that a Twitch? Let's see. Val what did she say? Valkyrie Twitch Prime. Valkyrie. I always spell her name wrong. T or I said Twitch. YouTube Prime. Okay, so I found it. Yeah, uh, streaming superstar Valkyrie 
yeah, her full name, has teased that YouTube is working on its own version of Twitch Prime as well as gifted subs. YouTube gaming is gradually becoming the go-to platform, blah, 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 just all kinds of stuff. We don't have Prime yet, she said, but YouTube is working on gifted members in some sort of Prime that's not a Prime. Okay, <laughs> that's confusing as all get out. But yeah, so she, she did say that they are working on some kind of thing where I'm assuming what she's talking about is that you would get you would get um, like one free sub or maybe ad free things like that. I wonder I wonder what that's going to be. Interesting. If you guys don't follow him, uh, I think it's F Wiz, um, Fwiz on Twitter, F W I Z. He's like the head of YouTube gaming, and he tweets a lot of like preview stuff and a lot of um, tips and tricks and things. He also, obviously, it's his personal account, so he, he like tweets about random football and stuff like that but uh if you follow him sometimes you get a a little bit of an inside track before like the official youtube accounts say anything about some of the some of the features so i've started following him but yeah he's he's actually oddly enough he's in ohio which i'm also in ohio so i saw him tweeting about the browns this weekend and i was like what what's going on here it was kind of weird rez okay so two of the big feature streamers wanted youtube to add are coming to the platform that's pretty neat i agree I agree 100%. Um, so how many, I wonder how many features it would take for a lot of these streamers to swap over, or at least the viewer mindset of Twitch versus YouTube and the chat experience to sway, you know? I wonder how many things. Yeah, let's let's hope they keep at it because I think... I think they have to be, Rez. I really do. With the moves that they made, they they threw they had to throw a big chunk of money at Tim and also at um Why is it escaping my mind right now? Who else came over? Lupo, right? They had to throw a big pile of money at those two streamers. And I think the move is, is that they're trying to change the overall public's mind about where to watch live streams so once you change the public's mind share of where to watch live streams and then you start releasing the features that they want it's pretty easy to take over at that point right it's just it's an interesting thing because they're also taking they're taking on twitch and tiktok at the same damn time that feels like a lot to bite off but i guess when you're a company as huge as google you can be like well let's dedicate a team that's larger than the entire twitch staff to fight Twitch, right? Ooh, oh, I thought I knocked over a drink. Ooh, that scared me. That could have been terrible. Spill this all over everything, right? Nick, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or TikTok, which dominates over the next decade or two? Um, I think YouTube, I really do. I think YouTube, because they have the resources to de devote the manpower to fight them. They have the, such a solid, foundation in discoverability based on text searches that i think that it's going to be the winner facebook it has a couple cool things going for it but when's the last time you search for any video content on facebook most of the time when you get video content on facebook you're like why am i getting video content on facebook i don't want that <laughs> you know uh so i think youtube is going to just dominate twitter twitter is always going to be there but twitter's like uh I don't know. Twitter almost feels like a boomer thing. I love Twitter because, let's be honest, not everything that I have to share on the internet needs to be accompanied by a picture. I'm looking at you, uh, Instagram. 
Facebook is a little bit too private for me. I share pictures of my kids and things that we're doing on a daily basis. Like if we go to dinner or something, I'll share that we're going to dinner. So Facebook's just too private for me. And, uh, you know, YouTube, I think YouTube's got the culture. YouTube can be and is a legitimate media and entertainment delivery platform. And whether it's on-demand shorts, eventually they'll have posts for me in the communities tab. And um, why am I... Streams. Good grief, that was difficult to come up with. Stunlocked, as Tim would say. Emmanuel Lupo seems to have lots of big... La lost, I'm assuming? Yeah, okay. Lost a big chunk of his viewership in the last weeks, with, which is unfortunate. Um, Lupo's changing a little bit as, as a content creator, I've noticed. I don't know if it's because he just has so much money he doesn't even care anymore, or what's it? But, uh, like, Lupo's still a wholesomely good guy but i think um he's been a little bit off-putting in his chat recently where he just calls out chat and tells him to shut up and like calls him stupid and like i don't know he, he's almost attacking chat a little bit more than he used to and maybe it's just like i'm paying attention to that more or i don't know but uh that might be it and you know maybe other people since they're over on youtube now they're like well let's go watch doc and let's go watch tim or who knows I don't know, it just seems like uh, content's changing a little bit. Doc's ch content changed quite a bit recently, too. Kind of in the same same boat where it's not as amusing as it used to be, you know? Rez, the chat experience improvements is the big one for viewers to consider watching YouTube streams and the stream dashboard, more moderation tools they need to improve the streamer side. 100%. Nailed it. 100%. Um, the interesting thing about chat for me, um, like the emote stuff doesn't really affect me when i'm interacting with a streamer if i'm interacting with a streamer because a lot of the times i'm more of a lurker than i am a typer but i'm typing whole sentences and i'm and i'm having a conversation i'm not really doing the emote spam or anything or like if something funny happens like i don't for some reason i i don't know if it's just me as a person does i don't really use emotes all that much but i'll type something instead about the situation that happened rather than just being like uh the keck w's or or whatever's you know but they they have to do it they they have to bring over uh improved emote and improved chat experience over to youtube they just there's no ifs ands or buts about that and we'll see we'll see i wish there was like have you ever been to a developer's trello board there's a couple developers out there that have like trello boards which is like a Things they know about, things they're fixing, thing work in progress kind of a board that just informs the general public. I kind of wish YouTube had that where they're like, here's our plans, but they can't reveal their plans because then Twitch would know their plans and it's a whole competition thing, you know. It would just be nice to, to know a little bit more, right? People will never look at Facebook as a platform for watching live streams no matter how much they improve their side. I think I agree with you, Rez. I, I, think, I think you're right. No matter how many times they push it. I mean, there's some really successful people over there. Z Laner, super successful over on Facebook. But I really do think that if he was to drop Facebook, switch over to YouTube or even Twitch, which I doubt he'll switch to Twitch. If, if you know who Z Laner is, you, you know that he probably won't be switching to Twitch anytime soon. Um, if he switched to YouTube, I think he would grow even more exponentially. I really do. You know? Lupo is getting chilly lately chilling lately he has no longer trying to chase metas or grow it with the money he's gained from joining youtube i agree 
One thing that drives me nuts about Lupo is I don't really like his daytime streams. Uh, his daytime streams are always with the same two people, and sometimes I don't really care for that interaction with those three. But his nighttime streams a lot are, are kind of independent, so I've been watching more of his nighttime stuff than his daytime stuff and enjoying him a little bit more. But yeah, Lupo is... He's at, he's at like, uh, he's at Shroud level now where he's just like, I don't care. Like, cause Shroud's kind of in that mode where he's like, I don't care if this all goes away tomorrow. I'm going to do whatever I want to do right now. You know, Petey just got here. How's the switch? The switch is going good. Um, there's a couple of bad things, which I only briefly breezed over earlier. So like right now I have no alerts on my stream at all, even though I, I technically had them working for a period of time. They are no longer working because of the the name switch that I that I did yesterday. So obviously I was streaming a couple weeks ago on the real Darth guy. We're now Darth Talks Tech, and in order to switch your username on Stream Elements and Streamlabs, you have to close your account first and then start a new account with all the same stuff. But then it switches your username because they don't have a, just just a simple text field where you can be like, oh, change my username to this. Thanks. So, the close account button that's supposed to be automated wasn't working for me, of course, right? So I had to contact customer service, wait for them to contact me back, go through the back and forth of, no, it's not working, here's all my information, here's to prove it's me, blah, blah, blah. It's still not canceled. All of the accounts are still sitting there, but I'm in the queue to be deleted or whatever. So that's kind of annoying. Um, the streaming tools themselves are kind of suspect um which we've we've kind of gone over in in quite detail but uh overall i'd say that the switch is actually good pd i think the i think over like in the future with the new content plan with the new knowledge that i have i think it's going to ultimately be much better than twitch so good that's the very long way of saying it's going good or well. Is it going well or is it going good? I always mix those which one I'm supposed to use. Anyway, Emmanuel, I remember when YouTube banned hundreds of YouTube's accounts because they flooded the chat with emotes in Markiplier streams and the system detected it was a classic spam. Later, YouTube apologized and reinstated all. That's actually funny. So YouTube wasn't quite used to, I guess, the emote meta, I would say. And they're like, what's going on? Ban all these accounts. That's that's actually, while it was probably super frustrating for those people and YouTube was like, oh, that was a big red check mark on our our push. But uh, that's, that's unfortunate, but funny. Yet the meta's weird with emotes. Like the whole emote only thing in chat, sometimes I understand why it's done because chat's going off and being weird or something's happening in chat that you just need to squash for a while. I, I understand that, but... Man, that would be terrible. So all the people probably probably instantly got banned and they're like, I can't, what What just happened? Wow, that would be a nightmare. That would be a nightmare because like for me, I browse YouTube as my channel. So not only would it ban you from chat, but it would also suspend your channel and all that stuff. Oof, that would be a nightmare. Eww. No, thank you. That actually makes me think that I should start browsing YouTube as another account, not my channel's account something to think about <laughs> well called out emmanuel that might change the way i browse youtube for a little while just until i figure all of that stuff out right 
Reset was a bug for the life of me, and I don't know they foresee that happening. What? Um, I got confused. Man, this is a good stream. This is a good conversation, guys. Thanks for thanks for driving it. I have a couple of news articles and everything even like queued up just in case I stopped talking for a while, but we've been we've been killing it. These are my favorite though. When when the conversation's driven by you guys, that's my favorite. Um And actually, you know, when I watch Tim's content, sometimes that's the best and more amusing stuff. You know, obviously I like the game Warzone, so when he's playing Warzone with his buddies and everything, it's it's cool. But the thing is, is that, like, I don't know, I'm starting to lose a passion for watching gameplay um, anymore just because it, it feels like all the big people, the only time they ever talk to chat now is obviously top donos because they just sent them $1,000 or whatever. Like, I saw someone throughout the day today, someone donated to Tim $1,500 and kept asking him, like, why am I giving you so much money? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why you're doing that but like most of the time it's like so it'll during gameplay it's the streamer calling out chat for being stupid or like telling them to shut up or whatever right that doesn't that's not super valuable to me but when they're doing like actual shit chat with their stream chat i think that's more amusing to me because then you get to see how they how they interact as as more of an entertainer while playing warzone and playing a game is also entertainment it's a different type of entertainment you know Rez, in terms of moderation tools, what should YouTube add to give to streamers stream mods first? Um, well, I would say the ability to turn on or allow links would be pr pretty nice in <laughs> right now. Um, I think so in regards to in chat, if you've ever moderated or streamed on Twitch, you just have a couple icons next to the name of a person that can quickly do things like time them out it can ban them it can um there's one more button which i can't remember what it is and then if you click on the person's name themselves it gives you like extra tools in addition to those quick access buttons right so we do have a little three dot thing in here that gives you a couple of different options but i feel like the the simplicity of the buttons is nice um the ability to see in mod view, like how long someone's been a user on the platform, a couple different statistics about them to determine whether or not they're an actual viewer or if it's like a view bot or a chat bot or whatever, right? You can get a couple more inf things to determine whether or not you should time them out, ban them, whatever. That would be very nice. <clears throat> in regards to the streamer side, I think just the the ability to customize your dashboard a little bit nicer. So. In order for me to be able to, because I hate seeing my viewer count, right? I absolutely can't stand watching that because I feel like if it drops, then you change the way that you present and it's just a bad thing to watch while you're live. Now, I like looking at it through analytics side after the fact and seeing, you know, how things ebbed and flowed and stuff like that. I like that, but... Um, I would, I would like the ability to just hit an edit button just like in Twitch dashboard where I can be like, okay, hide this stat, hide that stat, put this over here, put that over there, just to to kind of customize it for how I want to, to view things. That would be nice. A streamer tool. You know, I actually like... 
The pre-setup of a stream is nice. So in the beginning, I absolutely hated the fact that I had to like pre-set up a stream, put a description, title, tags, all of those things onto a stream. I'm like, I'm just streaming. But that's because like, that's because all it is, all it is, is where, where was I going? Wow. Stun locked. There we go. So I hated it at first because I was like, I'm just trying to stream. But that, that mindset came from Twitch where you just go live and you're like, whatever, bam, I'm, I'm on Twitch. Find me, please. When I realized how good the, the YouTube algorithm is for scheduled streams, I'm not talking about on-demand content for scheduled streams. When I schedule my streams on Mondays, I then start getting analytics on how many times it recommended it to people, how many times it popped up in YouTube search, what keywords are performing for that video, what, what in my description is giving me more. So my stream before even streaming is now working for me, trying to get me discovered. And I haven't even gone live yet. And then people can set a reminder that pops up in their YouTube app to say, Hey, Darth Talks Tech is live now. Go check out their live stream. I think that stuff is very valuable. So I actually like the way that YouTube suggests that you set up a stream prior to. I did. Nick knows. I made a mistake, though, at one point, because sometimes I, I will stream to a private stream to record gameplay just in case something happens. Because, you know, whenever you play games, something always happens in a moment where you're like, oh, I wish I was recording that. Dang. Right. So I stream to a private key all the time. And uh, this week I scheduled or it might have been last week, but recently I scheduled a stream, forgot to change my profile in OBS to the private one, and then I hit go live, and then I automatically was live on my scheduled stream, and I was like, oh no, crap. You know. Darth, I think Greg, Greg was trying to be a troll. Well, it didn't work very well for him, did it? Because I actually went into, like, real advice for TikTok and everything. Ha! One point Darth. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe, but I ignored the fact, I completely ignored the fact of the bodily fluids thing and just moved on. But in there was a small portion of me, Nick, I gotta be honest, that I thought about it and I was like, well, technically people do make food out of like baby grossness after birth and stuff. And I was like, maybe, whatever, just moved on to the content creation side of it and kept going. So... I'll just, I'll clip that later and be like, this is how you handle a troll. No. <laughs> Emmanuel, regarding scheduled streams, I got a question. I sub to many who stream on YouTube and they schedule them, but many of them actually start a new one instead of going live on the scheduled one. Why is that? I think that is just generally a mistake. I really do. So how it works in YouTube is if you schedule a stream, <clears throat> so let's say I schedule next, next week's stream, which I obviously will. When you go into the live dashboard and you click the and you just click go live, it actually takes you into a new stream by default, right? And then it gives you this little notification across the top that says, "You have a scheduled stream coming up. Do you want to switch to that one?" And if you don't click that, it disappears once you start again. So, I'm thinking what they're accidentally doing is they're loading into YouTube Studio or they might not even load into YouTube Studio at all and then just start streaming and they don't know that it started a whole new uh, session, I guess I would call it. So what they have to do is is when they go in, they either have to click on that little little notification 
or they have to go into their calendar of scheduled streams, select that one to open in the live dashboard, which now that you say that, Emmanuel, I think I'm going to make a YouTube video on how to do that, how to properly set up. I'm sure they're out there already, but there's also in the new version of OBS, you can actually access all that information straight in OBS now. So I, I'm assuming that's what's going on. And then um, I would be willing to bet that they have a bunch of scheduled streams in there, like still queued up that just never happened. So, but yeah, Emmanuel, you do have to, when you go into the YouTube studio and you go to the live stream dashboard, you have to select the one that you scheduled or it just automatically starts a new one. So that's my guess based on my experience. So not totally sure though, you know. Ah, okay. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys know, but this is the best monster flavor. It's the watermelon ultra or ultra watermelon. Delicious. Anyway, off topic. So let's switch to something that I did want to cover today. Um, I'm sure anyone who pays attention to Twitch news or, well, I guess streaming news in general probably saw this. But uh, Twitch today released the securing your chat with phone and email verification stuff. Checked it out real briefly. Um, we'll just check out this article. So essentially what what they're doing is they're trying to combat the chatbots, right? Chatbots come in, hate raids come in, they spam a bunch of hate speech in your chat or whatever it may be, right? So what they've done, let's see, do they have a picture? Of course they have a picture, but it's super small. So let me just pull up my Twitch channel. Twitch. And creator dashboard, and hopefully this will be a lot closer. Uh, moderator? Okay, so in this section, in moderation, hopefully you guys can see this, but let's actually swap it so you can see it better. <clears throat> so check this out. So they have this new section called chat verification. <clears throat> and it's funny that I'm such a proponent for YouTube streaming, but I'm showing off something that Twitch added today because I think it's important. And there's a bunch of people out there that are still Twitch streamers. So you can now set email verification and phone verification for chat. Kind of cool. So a couple settings is like first time chatters in my channel must have a verified email or phone. Chatters without a verified email must have accounts older than the, in this case, it has one week, two weeks, one month, three months, six months, whatever. And then chatters without a verified email or phone must have followed me for more than one day or however long. That's kind of cool. <clears throat> That's kind of interesting. Um, I mean, it does throw a wrench in the gears, and we'll see how, how that changes people in how many new people get discovered. So I, I could see if you were to set this chatters without a verified email or phone must have followed me for more than one day. I see that as being a very detracting thing for new people to pop in. So for instance, Rez, when you popped in my first YouTube stream and you hadn't followed or subscribed or anything, you wouldn't have been able to say anything for another day. You would have had to come back another day in order to chat with me as a streamer. I don't think that's a very good setting right there. 
chatters without a verified phone or email must have an account older than a certain amount of time is good though i think that's a that's a quality change right there <clears throat> now you can go all the way down to one hour which i think is a little too short personally but yeah kind of nice <clears throat> the one thing that that i struggled with back when i did my last twitch stream ever right so obviously i i used to be a twitch streamer i did one last stream saying hey i'm moving to youtube and then we went over to youtube that last stream how many reveal if you're still here how many hosses did we get that day the the hoss bot or whatever the follow bot that hits you and then sometimes it hits your chat it had to be like 20. so those new settings have nothing to do with follow bots i'm really surprised that they didn't add also for followers so while they did that for chat yeah that's great but they also like so these follow bots can still hit you with a bunch of follows and a bunch 42 good god 42 <clears throat> you've got to be kidding me 42 in, in one single stream when i came back that was ridiculous I even thanked the first one. I was like, hey, Hoss, thanks for that follow. Because I had no idea because I'd been away from Twitch for so long that I totally thought it was a real thing. Good grief. 42. So the, so this new stuff that they gave us today, while it's good for chat. Oh, the answer to life is 42. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, oh. They got to do something about followers, too. So... They just, they, they need to. Um, YouTube will become a target eventually. Now YouTube's obviously been a target for follow bots, chat bots, or comment bots at least. So they might have protections in place already for that, but uh, oof. Emmanuel, you saw people on Twitter saying they had over a hundred. And at a certain point, you're just like, I don't know. Like there's, I don't know what to do. Like they're just going to keep coming. So you turn off like the alerts. You're just like, screw it. Just no alerts right now. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Come on, people. I totally missed that reveal. Totally missed that. I was so focused on the 42 because I thought that was the number. Totally missed it. 100. Emmanuel, 100. That would be so irritating. Because you're, you're... Like, when I have new followers or new subs or whatever, like, the notification pops up, obviously. And then it's just queued for 100. And you're like, okay, I gotta mute this. Like, turn it off. It's done. That's gross. Uh, and I mean, it, I didn't know because I'd been gone for, I think I took an eight month break off streaming. And I, when I came back, it was all happening. And I'm like, they, this is bad. This is real bad. Yeah, that's true too, Emmanuel. Ch Twitch does make you responsible for your chat content. And, and you're like, okay. If I'm responsible for the chat content and this is happening, how can I how can I protect myself as a content creator so that you don't ban me for something that I had no control over? That's one thing that I really don't like about and it's not like YouTube is is a night and day difference in being better. The terms of service stuff, the the legal mumbo jumbo that is obviously there to protect the company but they, they make it in such a way that it's really hard for the content creator themselves to kind of understand what is their responsibility, isn't their responsibility, etc. And then 
on the Twitch side at least. I don't I don't know so much on YouTube because, you know, I, I do see people on the R YouTube Reddit saying they got banned falsely, but their stories are always very suspect and you're like, it sounds like you know exactly why you got banned. It's not like, ooh, I got banned on accident, help me out. Whatever. But um what was that sound? No idea what that random sound was on my computer. Sweet. Anyway. Um, I think Twitch just, they need to be better in transparency. And then the problem that they have is that even, even when they are... Oh, it's Game Bar? Oh, I don't even have that open, do I? Weird. Anyway. Um, Twitch doesn't always follow their own rules. So there are times where certain streamers probably should be banned for something they're doing, but they're being lenient on them for some reason. Like, it's a very gray line. It's a very gray line that shouldn't be a gray line at all. Like, it should be set in stone if you do x you're gonna get banned if you do y you're gonna get a uh, temporary ban like whatever it, it can't be a gray area where there's risk you know oh there's another thing we can talk about is twitch's new contract with um what's that music company streamer twitter as as people call it so affectionately blew up saying this is going to be a game changer for creators but they obviously didn't read the press release it's has nothing to do with creators at all <clears throat> Xbox Game Bar. I, I don't even have it open, though. Unless it's just... Because it is kind of like part of Windows. But I don't even have it open. I don't know. Whatever. I had to come out of lurking for that one. Hey, no biggie. Twitch rarely bans big streamers since they generate a lot of money for them, right? Um, That seems to be the case, yeah. So there's a couple of big streamers that do get banned on the reg which is weird and they always say that like it's the best thing for them because then they get to take a three-day vacation come back and they have the most viewers and the most subs they've had for months but yeah they 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 bend the rules a lot depending on how big the streamer is <clears throat> i mean we know twitch bends the rules no matter what even if they're in a giant contract with someone like dr disrespect they're like i'll do whatever i want <laughs> currently it does nothing for creators the music partnership yeah it actually it's it's a hundred percent nothing. Twitch music. Um, I can't remember who it was. Ah, Warner Music Group, WMG. So Twitch made a partnership with Warner Music Group. And if you read it in detail and don't just generically see the tweet of the partnership, because what streamer Twitter did is they saw that and then they share it and be like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a game changer for creators. This is amazing. And I'm like, wait, 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 you obviously didn't read the article because it specifically says Warner WMG is bringing their artists to the platform exclusively and they're going to be doing music streams and discovery streams. So they are putting content on Twitch. It's not streamers can all of a sudden start streaming their this music library it's not that but streamer twitter thought it was 
because they didn't because you know people read headlines and that's all and they're like oh partnership with a music label that means we can now play music on stream no no it doesn't no they're doing a lot of cya and by that i mean cover your ass partnerships so if twitch was to be attacked by any of the music labels right all they have to prove is that Twitch themselves has done everything in their power to prevent streamers from being able to broadcast copywritten material, right? <clears throat> so as long as Twitch is doing their best and, and within legal terms making a reasonable effort to fight against it, then Twitch is not liable anymore. Now it's passed down to the streamer who's liable because they're breaking Twitch's rules and they just haven't been caught yet, so... Yeah, that's uh, everything that they're doing with music labels right now is a cover your ass situation. And um, it really bugs me in like the our Twitch and our YouTube subreddits where people people just genuinely. I don't know if they didn't do their research. I lean on the fact that they didn't do their research and they heard of this thing called fair use. And they're like, well, it's fair use because. And then they have not they just claim fair use, right? Fair use. The only thing fair use actually covers is if you're doing a commentary specifically about the piece that you're playing, the copywritten material that you're playing. So if like, if I'm playing a, a song, I have to be doing commentary or critiquing that song actively while it's playing in order for it to count as fair use. It's not just, oh, it's, it's under 10 seconds, so that's in fair use, or it's under 20 seconds, so that's fair use. It has nothing to do with duration of time or... Or anything you have to be doing active commentary critiquing that thing and critique doesn't have to be bad or good but you know doing something directly related to where the reference of the copywritten material is the only way that you can realistically link it together stupid but a lot of people on uh, our twitch and our youtube will will try to claim fair use and you're like no that's not that, no doesn't apply you know. It troubles me that streamers are taking this as a win when it when in reality that partnership doesn't fix the DMCA problem, it only protects Twitch. Actually, it I think it it, it makes the DMCA problem even worse, to be honest with you. So now WMG it Warner Music Group, yeah. WMG, that that label now has a direct partnership with Twitch. So, I would be willing to bet the people playing any of the 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 music or any anything that's copywritten by that group, they're probably going to get DMCA'd even faster now. Because now the content is definitely going to be recognized by the Twitch discovery system and, and I think it's a third party that actually uses it, but it's going to be even quicker to recognize this stuff now because now the artist is also on Twitch. Another thing that I don't really love, like artists, I understand that they want to get their music out and they want they want to push their music and push their content and do things to get more people to listen to them. I understand that. But do we really think that these artists being exclusively streaming on Twitch and taking their content live is the right answer or would the right answer be like oh you know what let's 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 
make the real agreement that everyone wanted where WMG now says, okay, anything WMG, you can play as background music on your streams on Twitch, perfectly safe. We will not DMCA you ever. I think that would be bigger for the catalog of WMG music than putting, I don't even know an artist on that platform, but then putting that artist as an exclusive streamer or an event for that, you know, like an award show for WMG. I'm not going to watch that on Twitch. That's not what I go to Twitch for, you know? But yeah, I, I really do think that it's actually going to make DMCAs faster for WMG stuff, you know? <clears throat> Does anybody remember the old Twitch soundtrack? I don't even know if it's like still a thing or if people use it, but Twitch soundtrack where they they had a music player essentially for you but it wasn't safe <laughs> because they didn't go through and get the actual licenses for half the stuff that they were actually putting in twitch soundtrack crazy manual did twitch originally state that this deal would help streamers or was it all just hot air it was actually all just hot air so the press release came out and the press release specifically said that it was wmg partnering with twitch to bring their artists and their events exclusively to the Twitch uh, platform. I almost said soundtrack because I read soundtrack on Res's message. Um, and it, it specifically said that in the press release. But, you know, the, the headline readers of Twitch, or not, not of Twitch, of Twitter, when they saw the Twitch partners with Warner Media Group for music, they just went, oh, you know what? I'm just going to jump to conclusions, Matt. And and assume that means that streamers can can play music, and of course there was those of there was a, a bevy of people who also tweeted and said, "Don't misunderstand this. This doesn't mean that you can play WMG music on your Twitch streams at all. Read it. It doesn't mean that." So it was kind of a back and forth for for a couple days, and I think it's all understood now. But the right when it was released. It was trending on Twitter and everyone was like, oh, this is a game changer. This is going to be the best thing for Twitch. No, no. All you got to do is read just a little bit. It wasn't even that long of a press release. Not at all. Twitch soundtrack was a joke. It, I, I was skeptical right off the bat. If I wish I still had the old stream from Twitch, honestly. I was skeptical right off the bat. I was like, they are not doing the music licensing right this is going it's going to fall by the wayside because it's not completely legal and it's just it's not gonna work i called it way back then nick were you at that stream reveal were you at that stream way back in the day it was a long time ago i know cooch was there uh wolverine as he as he is now the bearded wolverine he was there because he was talking about using it and i was like don't use it dude don't use it they they have they had to take the next step so and they never did and then it just fell by the wayside. I wonder if people still use it though. Honestly, I mean I use Streambeats, Harris Heller. If you if you create content, use Streambeats. It's the easiest way to do it. He gives you the license for it and he fights if someone somehow DMCA's you because they're being a jerk. You know. Uh so Twitch just hoped that most people wouldn't read the entire articles and just be thankful for this deal. I think it was kind of, obviously, anytime two businesses come into a partnership, they have to do like a press release and things. So I don't know that it was necessarily malicious on Twitch's part, but I'm sure someone out the, in Twitch's corporate structure said, 
people are going to not read this and they're going to misunderstand it and they're going to we're going to be trending for a little while again i guarantee there were those people out there that worded it a specific way in the headline to make it sound better for streamers than it actually was i would not be surprised if that was a fact <clears throat> nick you can't remember okay uh that's what really happened yeah right res I'm not saying I was the first one to call it, but I did say that. I did say that. Stream Beats is the easiest and best, probably. It is hands down the best. Uh, the only other things that are just as good as Stream Beats are there's Pretzel Rocks, which is very good as well. And there's also, there's a couple of other ones. Uh, I think Monster Cat is one, and then Epidemic Sound, I believe. All three of those are paid, though. And. If paying for music is worth it for you, great. Like, they do get a little bit more of a variety of music just because they have a m much larger collection of artists. But the thing is, is you only have the license to use the music while you're subscribed. And how they word it is... And it counts for VODs. So how they word it is, if you're a subscriber, you can use the music... If you create content during the period of which you're subscribed, that content still retains the licensing later down the road. But it's a very gray, like, okay, so once you stop subscribing, you can no longer use the music, and then it's up to, the burden of proof is on you, the creator, to be able to say, I was subscribed at this time, so I have the rights to that music, right? Whereas Streambeats, he just, it's free, you just stream it straight off of Apple Music, Spotify, straight off his website on YouTube, all over the place. And he actually gives you a legal document that you can download from his Discord stating that you have the rights. And so far, there have been a couple times where a troll, a patent troll or a copyright troll, whatever you want to call them, they download his music and upload it into the ID system and then they start striking people, but he's actually gone back and defended those people and got that strike removed completely because obviously it was a fake strike. So I think just just at the fact alone that he goes to bat for you or they, because it's a company now, they go to bat for you if something was to happen, that right there is more than worth it for me. Like, and I mean, there's so many, so many albums now, or there's tons of albums and there's like, 10 different genres of music. Now, some of the music, like rock, barely has anything, but I don't use rock for background music because, well, it's a little too much for background. But, yeah, stream beats all the way. All the way. Copyright trolls are the worst kind of people. Like, why are... I... I, I just don't understand the copyright trolls. We see it all the time, right? Whether it's... It's almost always Apple. Have you ever noticed that Apple will get sued for some kind of camera tech that they they use, right? But a lot of things, and I'm an Apple user, and I know a lot of things come to Android first. Tons of things. But Android's never the... Android's... Uh, so Google's never the target. Samsung or, you know, any of the manufacturers that make Android OS-based devices, they're never targeted by these copyright trolls. It always seems to be Apple. Like what like some guy was like wouldn't it be really cool if someday you had three cameras and all of them were different zoom levels some dude is like yeah let's let's submit that little idea to the government of course i'm being very 
very specific in a more vague term uh, comparison. But and then they're like, you know what? We're gonna wait ten years. Apple just did that. We're gonna wait ten years, and then we're gonna be like, oh, you owe us forty million dollars in backed profits from this patent that we had. Like, really? Come on, man. Like, there should be some kind of uh, what's that? What's that called? Where like there's a duration of time to where you can no longer claim something what's that called if any of you can remember what what i'm trying to talk about where it's like there's a there's let's say there's five years of time where you're allowed to to complain about something or cl claim something but once that five years passes you're no longer allowed to like it's already past the time of allowance for you to be able to i can't i can't think of the term there's like a term or a phrase for that but there should be that in patent or copyrights it should be like one year it should be super fast like you know all the tech that's coming out on the phone. Like, we know the iPhone 13 right now. So in a year, if you haven't filed your complaint yet because maybe, you know, lawyers are expensive, whatever, then you no longer get to. You're done. Like, no. Emmanuel, it would be nice if small artists would just allow streamers to play their music on stream as long as they fully display the song name for exposure. I could get on board with that. Totally. Um, the only problem that that is interesting about when... A music label purchases statute of limitations. Thank you, Reveal. That's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so the statute of limitations for copyright claims. It needs to be there. Um, <clears throat> so when an artist makes a bunch of music, right? So let's say I make an album and I have 10 songs. And while I'm not discovered, statute, statute, statute. Yeah, I got close. That's the, that's the term or the phrase or... It's not really. Anyway, moving on. So if I made 10 songs and I give you the rights and I say, hey, you know what? If you want to, go ahead and stream my music on your stream. Uh, just throw my name up there. Throw maybe some credits in the description, whatever the agreement may be, right? We we don't talk again. Like, I just give you the rights. <clears throat> it's, it's not in writing, A. And B, if I then... Let's just take WMG, for example. And now I'm signed by WMG because I made it, right? Cool. I got discovered. I made it. They purchase my entire catalog of music. WMG is now the copyright owner of all of my music. So the verbal agreement that we actually had prior to it doesn't apply at all. So unless you get it in writing and it's documented and you can prove it, the burden of proof is always on the little guy, right? You can't, you can no longer play the music and then you can get copyright stricken later on for the later success of the artist. Isn't that BS? Isn't that crap? <clears throat> Nick, I wasn't paying 100% attention. Blech. If you mean the Apple, for example, should have a patent for a year and then right, right to repair comes in, I think that's a great compromise. Um, I wasn't really talking about right to repair. I think right to repair is absolutely important. And I don't think any technology provider should ever prevent you from ever working on your own stuff. Like, that's stupid. Because back in the iPhone, I want to say it was the iPhone 5. <clears throat> the iPhone 5. I don't know why. I don't know what it was about that phone. But I dropped that thing on a weekly basis. I replaced five different screens on that thing. And I did it myself because if I took it to Apple, it was a $200 repair. 
if I did it myself, I could get a screen for like 60 bucks and then take it apart, put it all back together. Whatever. I think, I think the way that they build technology now really sucks because they build it in a way that like you have to have special tools. You got to have all this crazy stuff to, well, waterproofing and stuff, obviously that adds another wrench into the gears, but yeah, you should be able to repair your own crap. It's so stupid, you know? Copyright laws are super outdated and it needs to be updated. Copyright laws, music, I guess it's all copyright in general, but yeah, copyright laws absolutely 100% need to be, to be redone. How old, are, like, they haven't been updated in so many years. Like, copyright laws are still in the days of when you went to the store and you bought cassette tapes. The world has changed so much since then. We need new regulations on this stuff, you know? It's absolutely insane. Kind of the same thing goes with, like, internet regulations and, and things like that. Where I'm like, okay, so they made the rules when the internet was first introduced. And now the internet is completely different in the way that it runs, works, is used, everything. You're like, how do we not have new rules? How do we not have new regulations and new guidelines and new things, right? Yeah, before the internet even existed. Yeah. So, copyright laws... We'll just talk in regards to music, right? So, it, copyright laws in regards to music came out before the internet existed. So, we also, in the internet time, we went through the LimeWire and Napster and, and all of that change. N nobody buys music from a store anymore. You buy everything digitally. The only thing you can buy to, in a store related to music now is like DVDs or Blu-rays of concerts and cards that you're like, oh, I want an iTunes music card so I can buy music. That's it. You like stores don't carry CDs anymore. Well, Walmart might from like Christmas movie or Christmas songs and stuff like that. But like all of that stuff is crazy. DMCA is from 1998. So also pretty old. Jeez. How is this stuff not updating yet? Right? Uh, yeah, you could still get vinyls. I actually, so back in the day, I used to collect vinyl records as well because vinyl's a cool medium. Right. And then, you know, just the way record players work and I was also a DJ way back in the day. So I obviously liked vinyl, but uh, yeah, people do like to collect those. I haven't seen, I mean, Virgin records, they're gone. Um, all the stores and stuff. I used to tower records is all gone, right? Nick back at target. We had a lot of people who got those, but not really listened to music. It's, it's cool decoration. Vinyl records are actually very cool decoration. Like, Put them on a wall or something like that behind, well, as decoration. <laughs> yeah, they do make very cool. Um, my dad actually, because, well, he's older, right? He he had a bunch of his old records that, I mean, they were listened to, so they were beat up and, like, they look weathered, which actually kind of made it look cool. He put it on, like, the wall of a bar and, like, did, like, a, you know, where one will be here and then there'll be a blank space, but there's one, like, you know, just a checkered pattern of different vinyls and it was a really cool feel to that that bar that he made you have a huge vinyl collection really reveal do you still like it every well i guess you don't move very often but do you still like it when you have to move move it all <laughs> uh vinyl does have this different feel to it too like if you get a really good audio system and play a vinyl it feels different than a CD. Now you can you can get really damn close. 
but it just it has a different warmth it has a different tone i don't know final's cool i'm a fan i don't have any anymore but i'm a fan Emmanuel, i think dmca never took streaming into account when it was made oh god no god no dmca didn't well here here's a weird thing like Record, or not record, uh, radio stations have to pay big licensing fees to play a bunch of, bunch of music, right? But there's no, there's no method to be able to play mainstream music on a stream. So, yes, of course, studio, um, radio stations and stuff, they, they have it worked out where they can play music, right? The only thing streamers have access to, the only thing, is non-mainstream music so it's monster cat it's pretzel rocks it's stream beats nothing nothing against stream beats obviously i love it but it's not mainstream music like there's no method where i can go and be like you know what i really like the beginning intro to top gun i've always wanted to be able to make a stream intro to the to the you know the kenny Loggins danger zone the beginning guitar solo portion before danger zone like all of that stuff i can picture how to edit things together in my head to that song and i think it would be an amazing amazing thing but there's no method to the madness to where i'm like i need the broadcasting license for a small streamer to be able to play that music on my stream there's no way for us to do that so even if even if a streamer wanted to pay to play music there's no method there's no way to do it there's no one to contact there's no one to subscribe to there's no thing that gets us the ability to. That's it. Stupid. You can always do it and take your chances. Yeah. Ugh, no, thank you, man. No, thank you. T-Pain said, play his stuff all you want. Yeah, but does he... So, I know a lot of the... A lot of, like, hip-hop and, and rappers and stuff, they own their, their actual record label because it's a lot easier now to own your own record label and just produce your own music, right? So if T-Pain owns the rights, then yes, he can totally do that. But if he doesn't own the rights and he's part of a record label, unfortunately, he doesn't have the authority to be able to tell you to do that, which is annoying as all sin. Because copyright law is dumb. Because they've made it in a way so that the rights holder would be the production company, not the artist themselves. Isn't that dumb? Emmanuel, and an unlimited license for a single song can be expensive, I, I, I can only imagine... It would be thousands, if if not tens of thousands of dollars, to license a single song from something. I can only imagine. And there's, and like, okay, so who would we contact? Do we contact the record label? And you're like, hey, I want the rights to play Danger Zone on my stream. And they're like, no. <laughs> you're screwed, right? They're not going to talk to some random guy that streams out of his office in his house. And be like, yeah, sure, we'll give you the license to Danger Zone. Why not? Right? Right? Crazy. He does not own his early stuff, unfortunately. See, that makes sense. So his early stuff, a record label owns the copyright to that, and he didn't retain copyright when he left them. That that sucks. That's just part of the broken system. Like, the artists should own their own music. They really should. It's dumb that some corporation can take it from them. Obviously, they purchased it from him technically by paying him money and royalties and things like that but it's just it's so broken it's weird right Dago there's one tower records open in LA it was one of the first ones open on Sunset Boulevard okay so it's kind of like a it's almost like a historical location right like 
like you're not allowed to close because you're part of like music history kind of a thing is what i would assume that's cool though because that becomes like a major like tourist spot because you're like oh it's the first tower records awesome let's go let's go see the first tower records and then you get there and go yeah it looks like a music store let's go to lunch <laughs> or you buy one album because you're like i don't know I, I feel like i gotta buy something so i can say i got this at the first tower records it's kind of like when you go to florida and you're like well we're gonna go to the original hooters right because <laughs> it's on the way to Clearwater, right i don't know copyright we need a change but here's the problem the only people that really have the power to to do anything about changing copyright or or altering the way that it works or even the internet stuff are the people that don't understand how the world is different from when it was originally created anyways you know you get these these big big lineups of people and you know i i think facebook is just as evil as the next person probably thinks they're evil in the way that they handle their sharing of data and things whatever but Mark Zuckerberg sitting in front of all these old people and they're like they're just asking him the most ridiculous stupid questions that they can throw at him because they just don't get it and these are the people that can change everything in regards to the laws the guidelines the restrictions and they just don't get it I think there was when Zuckerberg was on the stand one recent time they asked him something about about TikTok and video sharing and how how it recommended them x y and z video and zuckerberg's just like that that's not mine that's not facebook's like facebook doesn't own the internet or video on the in like no <laughs> i might be butchering what was actually asked but that that's a good example they they asked him about a completely different platform blaming him for something that platform was doing and he's like what no i have no idea which <laughs> not my responsibility man so terrible and these are the people that are going to make the rules uh, you know one senator asked the ceo of google if they could track the location on his iphone yeah yeah and technically yeah google can be like well if you visit google.com and you give us permission to have your location then yes it's so reminds me of investors it's true you know um i've actually been discussing some investment in in a side project and things like that and and sometimes the questions you get you're just like what are what are you talking what what are you saying right now by the way i popped this open because i'm super excited about that any of you guys playing battlefield 2042 open beta or or the early access beta when it comes out. Is that next weekend already? Not this weekend, but next weekend? Oh no, that's like the middle of the week into the weekend. Okay. Yeah, I'll be I'll be playing Battlefield 2042 if anyone wants to squad up in there. I'm excited for it, but I'm actually I think it's not going to be everything that I wished it would be. You're an investor in the stock market? You've, you've said that a couple times. You got a pretty good portfolio and stuff. I don't do the stock market, man. I did crypto for a while and then I, I bowed out of it just because I got sick of watching it and I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna micromanage this. Uh, of course, 
I regretted it after getting out of it, but it's just one of those things that I didn't want to pay attention to. But You save for retirement through it, right? Oh, yeah. Save for retirement, though. Yes. Yes, I do. Um, oh, this weekend, I'm just covering some random news that I wanted to cover just in case you guys didn't know. So, obviously, the open beta of Battlefield 2042, we got Halo Infinite is inviting everyone, technically, to this weekend's technical test. But you actually have to know someone who is in, in the test. So, like, I get friend codes because I'm in the insider test. So, I have to, like, redeem the friend codes somehow. I think you just go to the Halo Insider website, but yeah, I actually didn't really love love Halo. Um, it's the same old. We should leave nostalgia in the past. It it's a great game. Don't get me wrong, but it just wasn't what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to like be game changing and like make me want Halo again. You know, <clears throat> Emmanuel, I'm talking about investors of huge companies. I've actually had my experiment or experience with some investors from some big companies. So there's a big esports company that was looking to invest in my side project that I work on. And we didn't go with them because all they wanted to do was buy the whole thing. And then they were like, and then you'll become employees of our company. And then I was like, well, then you can just fire us. No, get out of here. You know, res halo peaked at three for me. See, I liked 3, but Halo peaked at Halo 2 for me back in those days. Um, and the thing the thing about this Halo Infinite tech test is that it's a really, really, really good Halo. And I don't know if I was expecting it to be something other than Halo or just be something more than Halo used to be, but it, all it was was Halo. And I was like, this is a really, really good version of Halo. Halo, but I kind of wanted more. I wanted something extra on top, you know? And it didn't it didn't give that to me. So I'll still play it because well the multiplayer is free. And I mean you can't get any cheaper than free. Well, I guess you could give me money to play it, but I'll play it here and there. Uh, I think I agree with Dr. Disrespect. I don't know if you guys have seen his push where he's like Halo would be the perfect game for a battle royale. I agree a thousand percent. I think the world of Halo would be absolutely bonkers and fabulous for a battle royale game. Now, I know I am one of those people that also say that we need less battle royales. We Every game doesn't need a battle royale, but I think the formula that Halo has yields itself perfectly to being a battle royale. But it'd be like a, I think it would be, I would almost want a Halo battle royale to be a, Battle Royale PvPVE. So, like, you still have the Flood and you still have all of the all of the Halo computer-controlled enemies, but you also have the Battle Royale-ness of the Spartans in there. And, like, you could pick your... Oh, man, I can just imagine. You, you pick Spartans or... Why am I totally spacing on the Arbiter's race right now? You could pick the different races and you can pick your... Oh, man. I could just imagine it. Everything's find on site. Man. The and with the new uh, wow, I'm mincing my words all over the place right now. 
The new grappling hook would make so much sense in a BR, right? Can you guys imagine how much fun a Halo Battle Royale? That would change Halo for me. So that if they added it to Infinite Covenant. Thank you, Reveal. Good grief. I couldn't I couldn't think of that. That would change Halo enough to where I don't think I'd play Warzone BR. Because I actually do like, I like Call of Duty multiplayer more than I like Call of Duty Warzone. Warzone's BR is my favorite out of all the Battle Royales though. But Halo would kill it. Halo would be the best BR. The world itself just yields perfectly to a BR. And like you could do, because obviously the, the Halo world has multiple different like uh, biomes, I guess you call them. I don't know you know themed areas whatever you could have a new map for each one and like have like five different types of maps and then it just randomizes which one you drop in imagine the drop ship you'd be in one of the ships and then you'd shoot down to the the ring oh man that would be amazing that would change halo enough to i'd be all in on that res i would stop playing warzone if halo was yeah yeah it would I think it would just I think it would just be an amazing game. Emmanuel, just to make myself more clear, I was talking about those investors that buy stocks of a company and then ask those unrelated questions and expect the company to do something completely different. Yeah. Um it kind of actually works for my esports company as well, because they were like, you wouldn't necessarily work on your project anymore. You would kind of just work on all of our projects. And I'm like, well, that's not like, no, you don't get to just invest in our company by buying it and then changing what we do. That's not how, no. So it's kind of the same thing, Emmanuel. I got you. <laughs> $5 every time you say imagine. Nice. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I notice, I notice for me that different days, there will be a different word that I repeat a lot. And it's a really weird thing that happens. Like, I don't know if I just subconsciously pick a word that like makes sense to me all the time and I'm just like and I repeat it constantly because like it just applies and works in all kinds of different situations but it happens a lot dark a ton would they value grid what did they value grid finder at can you say no I can't say any of that stuff because technically they don't they don't value grid finder we say this is how much money we want and then they that would determine the valuation that we are giving and then they say yay or nay or counter offer but no i can't say any of that stuff sorry man i might be able to tell you like in a private chat or something like that possibly but right now we're in talks with a couple different companies though so i'm pretty tight-lipped about all that stuff the only thing i can say is that we are chatting you know Hey, you never know. You, the only thing that you get is a no. So I always tell people this. Like, the worst thing that can happen is someone would say no and you're in the same spot you are already, right? So if I was able to share that, then you would know. But since I can't, you're in the same exact spot that you were prior to the question and it didn't hurt anyone's feelings anyways. All good, man. <laughs> Did you see? So Halo Infinite Data Miners, because, you know, whenever you get a game installed on a computer or whatever... They do the data mining thing. Look at these stupid, 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 stupid. <laughs> I don't, I say stupid, but he, here's, here's kind of a funny thing. Like, look, this one in the bottom, in the 
in the left here is like the rock with his gold chain and his fanny pack that's kind of funny being a spartan this guy second guy hears the the aliens guy he's like aliens covenant right this guy hears that everything's fine that's funny you've got the um i don't know where this this meme i forget which meme that is but it's just kind of like the I don't know. I think the colored penguin would have been better. The facing one way, facing the other. And then this one with the... with. <laughs> I think it's funny, but... I don't know that we need that in Halo, but they gotta monetize somehow, so they gotta give us some kind of stupid stuff so that they can charge us money for it, I guess, right? I'm actually very curious how the monetization structure of Halo is going to be, because everyone was... everyone was spewing love for them when... Halo came out and said, we're going to have a battle pass system, but the battle pass system is going to... Oh, let's switch back. The battle pass system is going to allow you to buy the battle pass for, like, Season 1. And when Season 2 starts, you're not going to get rid of Season 1's battle pass. You'll still be able to progress that one, but, but also get battle pass 2 and progress that one as well. So I wonder how they're going to do the monetization structure as well, because, like, then the... An interesting thing about that that battle pass is then it doesn't become exclusive anymore. Like, one thing about Warzone is, let's say I'm playing a couple different games, right? In Warzone, I pretty much always get the battle pass because it gives me something to pursue because there's really nothing else. And if I go away from Warzone for a while and then realize a new season's coming, I'm like, oh, I've, I've got to grind out the battle pass so I can complete it. Whereas with Halo, there would almost be no enticing reason to be like oh i have to go back to halo and i have to get this battle pass completed before the next season so it would almost be like a, a deterrent where you're like eh, i can just get it some other time i'm not worried about it right now i don't know because of the fomo the fear of missing out aspect is no longer there you know so cosmetics i uh, have they said anything about halo infinite's cosmetics because obviously they're going to have new shoulders new spartan gear they're gonna have colors and, and swatches and things like that which i hate i hate that they do like the color swatch system like a la destiny in there because let's be honest you know what we all want to do we all want to go into an editor select our legs and be like here's the color i want here's the metallic material i want like we want to customize it down to the every single little detail i love that about anthem you you were allowed to do that in anthem I hate it when they do cosmetics that are like bundled and it's like okay well you get red and black but you get this rusty version of red and black instead of like a shiny one because obviously i like red and black a little bit <clears throat> i don't know emmanuel in fortnite you buy the current battle pass and and play through you get the next one for free or something like that it was like that in the past that's actually the same and my reading skills are deteriorating as the stream gets longer apparently but uh, it was the same or is the same in Warzone. So, like, um, if you buy the the base battle pass, which is a thousand COD points, right? And you play through and you max out the battle pass, you get something like 1,200 Call of Duty points through the course of the battle pass. So you will get the next one for free consistently. Um, I always make the mistake of they release some kind of weapon camo that I'm like, ooh, that's really nice. And I waste my COD points on on something and then I have to buy the next battle pass but you know a, a game that I play as much as Warzone I actually don't have a problem spending 10 bucks every couple months or, or whatever on content uh, for it just because you know 
a living game like that is fine. The fearing the, the fear of missing out makes video games with battle passes very profitable. Exactly. That's that's the whole that's kind of the whole thing behind the ebbing and ebbing and flowing. That's not how the ebbs and flow. I don't know. The process? I don't know. Anyway, that's just kind of the thing. So you play in the beginning because it's a new season. You're all excited about it. You kind of wane off after a while and go back to maybe a main game or a different game just for something a little bit different. And then you're like, oh, the next season's coming out. I better finish my battle pass again and come back for a while. So, and then you see all the new stuff that they've released, the new cosmetics, and you're like, oh, let's pick that up. Why not? And as much as I hate the Call of Duty points or the Fortnite V-Bucks or, you know, any of those systems where you have to buy an, a game currency with a real currency, I hate it because I'm always just like, I just want to buy that thing. Can't I just buy that thing? Because you always have leftover points. It's like, this thing's 1,200, but we only sell Call of Duty points in durations of 15. And you're like, well, I have extra now. But if I buy the next package up, then I don't have as many extra and I can get this other thing. They've figured it they've figured out the the mind enough to where they nailed it in the way that they do these stupid game currencies that they don't quite equal up to the perfect amount, but they almost equal one more purchase. Because most of the time someone's like, well, I'll just get the next one and get that extra thing that I don't really want, but I'm close, so why not? Right? Uh read, read. Yeah, there's four different. Actually, I I was just having this conversation with my kids, actually, just the other day. That's kind of funny that you say that, Dark, because they were like, I hear that English is the hardest language to learn because they're learning German. And obviously we find other languages hard because, well, they are. And I was like, well, from what I hear, most people think English is difficult because like one one word can mean seven different things, but you read the context around it and that determines what it is and i mean it makes sense because if you're it comes natural to us who are speaking english but if you're if you come from a language where there's like separate words for literally everything and you're just used to like oh that word means this all of the time and you come to english and you're like wait that word meant something different in the same sentence what yeah english is annoying to be honest Sometimes. I agree. <clears throat> oh, man. Well, I'm starting to starting to fade a little bit, and it uh, it's getting a little late, so I, I might actually shut the stream down and uh, play a couple games of Warzone or something like that with some people. So um, one thing that I am changing is I'm going to... I'm not going to be streaming games as often anymore. It, it'll happen. Like, we have the big Call of Duty party for Vanguard where I'll stream that here on this channel. But mostly what I'm going to do is I'll I'll turn off the stream, do some stream, some highlights or something like that in games later. So, because I want it to be, I want the streams to be geared more towards the technology side of things. So, and of course that could change. That's the plan right now. But uh, I noticed that uh, when I watch my VODs back, which by the way, if you're a content creator, please, please, please watch yourself back and find out if you're a fan of your own content. Because <clears throat> like I say in a lot of my past videos, you need to be a fan of your content in order for someone else to... Uh, I I messed that up. 
you should be a fan of your content so that you know that your content's good enough to be fan worthy in a way. So watch back your stuff. Cause I noticed that when I'm streaming games, my streams are not really needed. When I'm doing chatting like this, it's it's valuable and it's a good conversation back and forth and you're we're getting some good quality entertainment time out of it. But gaming, you're just like, yeah, everyone does this. So, so I'm gonna stop for a little while, but uh, I will be doing a squad up here in just a little bit. Um, I'm going to shut the stream down for the night. Guys, this was an amazing conversation tonight. There's a couple times I put some, uh, some bookmarks in the stream. So there'll be some stream highlights. You guys will be able to, if you want to come back to it at some other time, um, it'll be good. But uh, Zeus, it's uh, ending right now, sir. Thanks for stopping by, but we're actually shutting the stream down and I'm going to play a couple games of Warzone and, and stuff like that and hang out with uh, the real Darth Squad. If you guys want to squad up, of course, you can hop into the real Darth Squad and just message me. We're going to play some Warzone tonight and typically we play Warzone and a couple of other random games. If you want to join the real Darth Squad Discord, it's just therealdarthsquad.com and that'll get you an instant invite in there. Uh, oh dang, guess I missed it, but I'll be here for the squad ups for a bit. Okay, cool. Uh, guys, again, thank you for being here. This was an amazing stream. I will be back next week. So I'm still tossing up whether or not I'm going to keep Wednesdays and Fridays, but right now, just plan for Fridays, 6 p.m. U.S. East. I'll be back next week. You'll see it pop up on my YouTube feed and on Twitter. If you're not following me, Darth Talks Tech all over the place. So... See you guys.